Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, June 18th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 403. I'm your host, Austin Walker, joined by Patrick Klepek. Uh, f- uh, fresh back from the Flesh Nexus, uh, ready to pod. Great. Mm. Rob Zachney is here. Reconsidering that. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, same. We just go anywhere else. Ricardo Contreras also joining us. You know, I, for one, welcome our new fleshy overlords. Is that a thing we have? Or are they I assume the, the nexus? nexus is coming for us. I that's the only uh, thing. I hear thing. flesh nexus, and I'm worried. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of meat um, mm, in the world mm-hmm. of death trash. So you know you kind of uh, I see. Kind of just got to find see, it. I see. Um, we are. You can hear from my voice that we did E3 this weekend, even though we did over this past week, even though we didn't really do E3. Uh, but we also, uh, you know, there was E3 to come after our live show uh and after uh so many of you came out to watch <clears throat> watch us on twitch and uh uh we should probably start today by just going back to turning the clock back a little bit and talking about the the last big event of of e3 which we didn't cover on the last episode the capcom um uh, I was gonna, spectacular i was gonna um, do the bandai um, namco I was gonna say, <laughs> the one no name. one noticed yeah but they said it seems like they said that up front but no one really picked up on it which is nah. like a recurring thing this this e3 i saw people like can't wait for take two's presser and like take no take two has a, a panel about diversity and inclusion yeah i saw pe- people are like i feel like i'm <laughs> i didn't watch it but i saw some of the chatter around it and it was mostly just like i feel like i'm sitting in on an actual meeting it's it's slightly uncomfortable <laughs> there um, was it was it was like you know some beleaguered dni diversity and inclusion specialist at take two like head of head of dni probably who clearly had like pressured the right people into getting her the slot to be like i'm gonna if we're gonna do fucking e3 i'm gonna do a thing that i care about that's cool that is important it it was it was it was cool but it was also a very particular model of diversity and inclusion which is like rise and grind gamers like and 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 (laughs) you know someone Mm. someone key to games for change was there and games for change is a very particular model of like progressivism or or it's not even i wouldn't even say it's progressivism it's like it's it's down to the down to the mat liberalism of like here's how these things can help you prosper in this world here's how games can teach us to make individual actions i to, just mean relative to, to the commercial the environment <laughs> yes propaganda absolutely. of e3 that <laughs> is all right to we have can, a little we can bit find, of that. we can find our allies uh in the trenches do you know what i mean but <laughs> yeah but but know what it is going into it do you know what i mean right. um uh com- compared to Compared to many other <laughs> showcases, yes, absolutely. Um, but but it, th- th- that communication did not come through. I feel well. And no, it's people, it's just like you know? I think th- they wanted just to be able to say 
cynically, it feels like E3 wants to say, yo, we got take two. They're here. Yeah. Totally. No Bioshock. Well, then, no then what happens is a lot, of, a lot of sites that are not read in on what every event is going to be are like, what the fuck do I write in our E3 guide? I guess Take-Two is going to be there. Who's Take-Two? All right, Take-Two. They own 2K Sports. They own uh, Rockstar. Maybe Rockstar will show something. And you write that in your little blog because you got to write something because it's your job to turn in however many, you know, words of content that that uh, in that article. Uh, you don't want to just publish the schedule. And next thing you know, you have people being like, where's GTA 6? And it's like, GTA has <laughs> never been announced at, at a... <laughs> and that, uh, Announced here at the end. And one more thing uh, at this diversity panel. We'd like to introduce the first teaser trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6. Unbelievable. Why make a Grand Theft Auto 6? You don't have to. I don't. They could just coast on GTA Online for another 20 years and be just fine. Yep. Totally. Um, Okay. Uh, We should talk about the thing that we are dancing around. Capcom (laughs) showed stuff that they had announced they would show. Nothing new. That was fine. I, uh, I, I will say just yes, the one ahead, thing with the Capcom you. was the the Resident Evil Village DLC, which I think yes, is that's true. Is and, and was specifically cool about it. It is that uh, it seems like it, it truly. They said, "Hey, development has just started." And prior to release, they didn't announce a season pass. They didn't do DLC. Like they were very specific on like, "Hey, we made the game. Here's the game." And part of that seemed to be a response to the fact that they sort of have like a pretty well-oiled Resident Evil machine up and running where they can release a new one every year. And so you don't necessarily need to do the season sort of like past model that is uh, kind of sustained AAA games when they're, they're trying to operate two or three years in between big installments. Because um, mm-hmm. by all accounts, there's supposed to be another, uh, not an R, you know, RE9, but like a big Resident Evil Revelations 3 equivalent next year. Anyway, it's all to say, I didn't particularly care for the DLC of Resident Evil 7, um, which often, which really felt like it was developed like before people played the game and you had a good understanding of like, what did people respond to? Like, what did they find interesting? I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Chris Redfield is the, you know, the statue inside the RE Village Collector's Edition box probably tells you something about what they yeah. thought people were going to yeah. respond to in that game. You know what? They were wrong. No one gave a shit about, about Chris and people cared much more about the tall vampire lady. And so I'm just glad that if they're yeah. going to go down this path, it's happening with like a full perspective yeah. of, of what yeah. people enjoyed, didn't enjoy about that game, what they responded to. Um, doesn't mean the DLC will be good, but it does, I, I like the fact that it's being made like sort of like concurrent with the fandom as opposed to uh, trying to throw, uh, you know, darts at a board or what do people are, because you can't know. That's not even necessarily a cynical thing. You just can't really know necessarily what people are going to glom onto. And so um, I'm excited to see what they, what they come up with. Totally. Um, so beyond that, Nintendo, the Nintendo Direct was, was the big one. I think that we, we just straight up, I guess, Patrick, you and I went over to the Nextlander <laughs> stream. You can go to the, the Nextlander YouTube to, to find yeah, that, us. Yeah, that vibe does that. exist. The the, the call yes. was made to ma- allow that vibe. I guess we should say, if you <laughs> yeah. didn't yeah, so watch it somehow, you missed things. Like, roughly 30 minutes before – well, this happened a little before that, but, uh, but maybe an hour or so before uh, the uh, Nintendo Direct was to start, Nintendo of Japan put out a tweet entirely in Japanese, basically saying – uh, you know, translations, yada, yada aside, like, hey, like, don't don't stream this. Like, don't co-stream this. Like, this is our thing. Stay away. Um, and there was no, like, companion 
tweet or clarification or statement from Nintendo of America or Nintendo of Europe. Um, it is not uncommon for the Japanese sides of various Japanese companies to take harder lines when it comes to streaming, copyright infringement, um, let's plays. Like we, we, a lot of Japanese companies do this dance very awkwardly. I like uh, as an aside. Uh, like I remember Atlas specifically in the past has had. Uh, uh, like let's plays, t- you know, uh, copyright stricken by their Japanese arm, and then they're like, "Hey, let us know. We'll ju- we'll get that lifted." Like on the U.S. side, it's like that's right. <laughs> maybe not how that should. I mean, it's because they're operating with bots that like just sweep through and and strike that stuff. Anyways, n- no one was sure quite what to do to the point where you had Twitch, official Twitch, like through like their Twitch gaming, um, uh, like a uh, channel saying we're we were gonna stream this. Now we're not because it wouldn't make sense for us to stream something that we don't know if the rest of our audience can can do anything with. I sent an email to Nintendo, who I was in conversation with regularly about a Metroid Dread uh, event that I was going to be attending Ooh. that evening, and I was like, "Hey, like, what's up with with this? Can we like I'm about to go live?" <laughs> uh, and they're like, "Yeah, check in with Nintendo." No, nothing came back from Nintendo. Um, you know, my response, which I said public at the time, was I believed this was a not miscommunication. This was, you know, the the Japanese side of Nintendo doing right. what they do, um, you know, along the same lines that a lot of other Japanese sides of these companies uh, frequently do. But that Nintendo of America or Europe did not want to openly contradict that side of the company because they tend to actually follow in their stead and just sort of like massage the other bits where they can um, and that nobody was going to see any legal repercussions. But I didn't blame folks for not wanting to take on that liability to the point where it's like, well, we decided not to at, like actually stream it out ourselves. We had Nextlander host it. And then we, at like the last possible second, it was like, all right, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, Let's turn like, it on. Vice is more or less kind of told me they'd prefer we didn't post it uh, like ourselves to avoid legal liability because corporations are skittish about that stuff. But as I predicted, nobody got like banged up with, with yeah, anything. And it was all kind of just uh, just Nintendo trying to get to the other side of the direct and be like, oh, great. We got that over with. We're not, yeah. nothing's going to happen to the point where I like followed up afterwards in the same email chain where I was trying to get clarification on this and also like getting like details about embargoes of a Metroid Dread thing. Um, I was like, hey, like, what's like, what's the deal? Could I get some sort of formal statement? On, like, what happened here? Skip over that. Yeah, go to a course. different part of the email chain. Nintendo responds with, and here's your d- details about the uh, about the Metroid Dread embargo. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I I see. And this is coming from yeah. like this person I was talking to is like a PR person I've known for decades. And yeah, I was like, of like I know it's trust. I, yeah. Yeah. I know it's, you're not, <laughs> you saw my email. So <laughs> anyway, that's good the setup. You can just that, miss that. Yeah. Um, I get what you're putting down. I won't pick yeah. it up again. I get it. The message, message is taken. You're not going to respond to this. And then we got, we got what I think is a damn good Nintendo direct. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I think all the way through really cool stuff for a lot of different folks. Um, you know, so a couple of absences, like I said, on that stream, no Animal Crossing stuff. So if you're the beleaguered Animal Crossing fan, you at this point must feel like you're just on the loop. And oh, well, welcome to the Mar- welcome to being a Mario Maker fan. Isn't it nice when sure. Nintendo yeah. um, selectively <laughs> and oddly chooses its live service games to support 
Um, Splatoon. Oh, Splatoon. Splatoon gets everything. Multiple years. Detailed patch notes explaining what's going on. Uh, but if you're an Animal Crossing fan, a Mario Maker fan, these, like, oh, bye-bye. Like, these runes run deep. Wow. Damn. Yeah, yeah, they do. Because be, Specifically because Nintendo treats their fandoms differently in ways that are not, like, they don't, they just don't add up. Like, Animal Crossing you seems like it should be. Get, yeah, you certainly don't get uh, the sort of incredible trailers that Super Smash Brothers gets when new characters no. are added. No! Fucking Kazuya Kazuya. dragging out the bodies of various Smash characters to throw into a volcano over and over (laughs) again. Very good. This is very good. Highlight, obviously. They opened on that. Um, Kazuya from Tekken is coming to Smash. Uh, Kazuya rules. Uh, Kazuya's terrible. He rules. Uh, (laughs) That'll be a fun character to add. Yeah. Uh, Then we got a bunch of stuff that's like, you know, a bunch of stuff is coming to Switch. You already know all this stuff. You, uh... Life is Strange games, Two Point Campus. I guess uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which will be cloud streaming on Switch, mm-hmm. right. was is, is like a, an interesting news item. But you know, uh, oh, it seems, also seems I, to, yeah. Go ahead, you go ahead. It seems to speak to the fact that that they sort of Nintendo is recognizing that they're going to have to start approving more publishers to. You know, Hitman came out earlier this year uh, on, right. on cloud streaming, but you know, whatever Switch Pro comes along is not going to suddenly make it commiserate with you know. Uh, a lot of these these consoles, and so I'm not right. surprised that they're just going to sort of rip the bandaid off on this and, and let more folks do that, which is which is yeah. smart. And that stuff yeah. works well enough that if the switch is what you have, like it'll be a totally fine experience. Uh, uh, I'd say also worth noting in that big kind of block of games that were just announced is Fatal Frame, Maiden with Blackwater, which was a Wii U Fatal Frame game that huh. also was coming out elsewhere, not just on Switch, but that announced came through this. I don't. So Nintendo took control of the Fatal Frame franchise in the Wii era. Like, just this is ours right, now. Like, right. we're, we're, like, and they then made those partnership deals. Basically, they didn't hey, literally forget, buy it. They just. No, I don't. I can't remember. But it became a Nintendo exclusive. Right. And then they just stopped. They like scooped up Fatal Frame and then stopped releasing the Fatal Frame games outside of Japan. Just said, ah, you know, what would be great if like we took this renowned horror IP. And and it's ours now, and we're one of the biggest companies in the world. But also, it's only going to come out in this one uh, region. Uh, very odd. But I don't know what I don't know what they were doing with a horror IP in the in the first place. In the first place, yeah. Um, I mean, that game came out to Wii U here. It just yes. came out late, and then that was kind of it, if I recall. Uh, so, yeah. oh well. Uh, anyway, that's out now. It that game. It's not out now. Sorry, but that's it's being remastered for for. Uh, for Switch and then some other stuff. Um, I I remember thinking that game was okay, maybe not as good as the the earlier Fatal Frame games that I that I'd played. Um, but but not not opposed to that dropping. Um, and then uh, I think we, then we got into some of the the more exciting things, so like new titles from Nintendo or you know exclusive to Nintendo stuff. New Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania. Uh, I saw someone. I saw someone float the idea that Mania could become Sega's new word for like retro, like bringing back a franchise in that mm. way. Because we got Sonic Mania a few years ago. Sure. Are we going to end up getting Fantasy Star Mania? Are we going to end up getting <laughs> Shining Force Mania? Who could say? Um, God, Shining Force. Shining Force. Super Mario Party Superstars is a Mario Party game that just has 
a lot of old Mario Party minigames. That was my read on that. Is if I missed anything about that, then I'm sorry, but I think that's kind of what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do other smaller things. We already knew Mario Mario Golf was going to be there, obviously. We already knew Monster Hunter Stories 2 was going to be there. Uh, Another thing that had already been announced where we got some gameplay, especially in the Treehouse segment with Shin Megami Tensei 5. Uh, that protagonist looks sick as hell. I mean, all of the characters look sick as hell. Um, uh, just two two different two hot people of different types of hot people touch hands like Adam and the Creator, <laughs> and then they become a third new type of hot, hot person. person. Yeah. And then they they fight and or negotiate with demons. Uh, it looks sick. Great. I'm excited I, for that. I, I also really enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, everyone gets horny for everyone these days, but there was yes. like seemed to be like a large sort of like, well, who gets to be horny for this character? Like, is this everybody? A- is this everybody a dude? Gets, is this no, a girl? Shut the like fuck up. the Persona everybody series gets, are, are often have be horny. androgynous characters, and then everyone just decided who cares what they are. We're all if hot. If you for are attracted them. to this person, you are you are valid hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I don't give a so fuck. Everyone in the world, the old garden of horniness. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, in any case, uh, other other shit. Uh, we already saw Mario and Rabbids, which was kind of like the same trailer. Yeah. And now I think we can get into some of the new, the, the newest, the all the shit that is like truly like what Metroid Dread. You already mentioned it. What Metroid Dread? <laughs> Another uh, fucking Metroid game, a real Metroid game. A, a real. <laughs> uh, oh, do do you mean um, Metroid Five? Is that was that what it's called? Say Metroid God, Four. Yeah, I can't recall. I no, this five. is Metroid Metroid Five. There, five, yeah. yeah. They, I didn't. I didn't quite realize that the the Metroid series uh, sort of like characterized itself in that mm-hmm. way, yeah. where there are there are a handful. Every I guess there are certain Metroid games that like introduce Help. themselves as one, <laughs> two, three, four. Fusion was four, right? Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then everything else is just a side story, but these are sort of like the main time, not timeline, but like the, like the main plot thread of right. Of the series, which is kind of, it's just in, like, that's just an interesting little yeah. weird part about that series that actually I like quite a bit. I like that no two, that I like that they've always been a cross platform because Metroid is NES and Metroid 2 is a Game, Game Boy, Boy game, yeah. is, is Return to Samus and then, and then Super Metroid on the SNES and Fusion uh, on the, is that, is that Advanced? Advanced is that GBA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Advanced. Uh, I love and then, I and, then that and now game. dread. Yeah, a lot of people I know love fusion. So, um uh, they shout outs to y'all, congrats. <laughs> congrats to all the Metroid lovers, all the Samus stands out there. That's that yeah, that's me. Also the 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 real dread is someone tweeting at you and saying, "Hey Patrick, here's a link to an article you wrote 16 years ago saying Metroid Dread is canceled." And that just <laughs> I just sunk into the floor. <laughs> Never to never to appear again. The real dread um, is being confronted with the passage of time. Yeah, sixteen <laughs> years. Sixteen years Man, is a long time. That's, I, mean, I read I all those that. comments. I, feel like that's on the, not I read all the comments. Hmm? I feel like that's not an L at that point. It's no. not an like, L. It's it's just it's it, part of it is so much of my early identity as a writer was like, look at the could you know? Oh, he's been doing this since he was fourteen. Like he's so young. Like and yeah. so to be confronted with. Well, 16 is just a teenager. That's all. You're a whole last person later that you can like <laughs> write about decades old canceled yeah. pitch docs that have been <laughs> revived is uh, one man's yeah. journey to report on video games for over 16 years. <laughs> um, I read all the comments on that piece. 
on that that piece on that blog post. Shame and on shame on people track like what one it, it was kind of a shame on people tracking down people on Twitter and adding oh, did them. They do that? No, it, it turns out that, that there was someone who was a little a shitty and clearly probably seventeen, yeah, like in the post, and then they found them on Twitter, and they seem to be doing just just fine. So good, 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 good. for I'm glad everyone everyone's commented on that thing. Even <laughs> the people who were being assholes sixteen years ago, I'm, I hope their lives are better. Um, but it was funny the people who were like, "You're just making this up. How can I trust you at all? How they never even announced this game. How could they canceled it?" Anyway, uh, Metroid Dread looks sick. Um, <sighs> it's a side scroller. It it is you know it's a three D. It's a polygonal game. Uh, yeah. But it is uh, it is a 2D tr- traditional Metroid game. You're exploring, you know, a facility. You're being chased by these these very cool looking robots yes. called Emmys. I love the suit. The Samus suit in this is incredible. It's this nice blend of white, this kind of kind of like metallic teal, and then the traditional you know orange uh, on the the headpiece. The, on the fusion helmet. Uh, suit is dope as well, which is yes. like the. Yes. Like that started the like, hey, let's be, you know, let's be a little more like, you know, Samus, like, you know, mix it up. Like, well, you know, I mean, put some fusion is all about this. is all about bioorganic yeah. or, or biomechanical shit. Right. Parasites like, and shit. Yo, I mean, yeah, that's where shit. I'm really glad that we saw the Emmys, this kind of like creature that's chasing you that like you can't really kill unless you have a specific thing, uh, mm-hmm. because that's that was one of my favorite parts of fusion. They had a parasite that would right. tel- transform into Samus, and there was an evil right. Samus running around that station, like God, who that would block your progress. And, oh, so good! And so, like, it's really cool to see that come back in this one, and like the kind of twists that they've done. Because when you look back at the the way they use that in Fusion, it ended up being like a very scary door. It was mm-hmm. ultimately just a door, and like once you met one. The option there was the only option was to run, and it was like a scary sequence, especially as a kid. But in this one, it feels like there's a little bit more of that chase element where you can choose different paths or like kind of loop around the Emmys and things like that. Like there's a little bit more to stealth. You can kind of like interact with them, and they, Mm -hmm. you know, I was in a a private meeting with uh, Sakamoto, the kind of like series producer, um, uh, for for a number of decades now. Um, people kept trying to like pick away at like, so what's the deal? Like why, why'd this get canceled before it was in production? And according to a, an Easter egg in Metroid prime three that said, uh, like project dread is nearing completion. So it's like, they managed to put it into a game, like an Easter egg saying like, yo, that game's almost done. And like the game is released months later. So like to get that through suggests that game got pretty far Mm -hmm. along in production on the, on the DS. Um, and talk about like, wasn't, like he's, hey, I'm sure he's a, a nice person, but he's a he's a terrible interview. He's like, it's di- very difficult to get like a lot of quotes out of the qu- the answers are always very vague. Japanese interviews are are difficult. I've talked about that in, in the past, but he in particular is 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 a challenge to get like really good quotes out of. And so people kept like coming around to different versions of like, so what's the like why hmm? like why revisit? And the best I could sort of like like surmise from from a lot of the dancing around it was like kind of alluding to what you're saying kata like how if you if you're going to introduce like a scary like ai character that's supposed to be like a kind of a nemesis or nemesis sort of a chase type um you know like the like the gimmick was kind of given up pretty quickly in in that game because there just wasn't much for them to be able to program the character to do right um whereas in this you can see like you know 16 years later you know 3d you know uh, higher specs there's just more you can do with the ai enemies and so you can actually make them intimidating 
and scary. And also you have all these different mechanics where they can kind of like get up on you and you have to hit like the B button to like counter them at the last second so that you don't die. Like you, I guess like, I, that's my, in the impression I was left with was that when they were trying to figure out a way to make that work, that's like kind of the wall they kept butting into. Um, so that like a, a large parts of this game are probably maybe not exact, but like thematically similar to what they were, mm. they were going for, but that they were finally able to sort of kind of, uh, create the enemy AI in in a way that you know made them satisfied for for how they wanted to to approach it. I would definitely recommend people check out if you watch the Nintendo Direct stream, go watch the like high res YouTube archives. Like there is a nuance to the the art style that yeah. is definitely not present in the compressed stream. And so if you go watch the high quality version of Ooh. that, um, it lo- it looks it looks sharper than even the impression I was given nice. uh, watching that on the on the direct. Uh, likewise, if you if you want to see more of it, you can you can watch the Treehouse streams or two Metroid Dread Treehouse like playthroughs. Um, obviously, if you're a serious fan, I can also understand not wanting to see anything sure. else about this game until it comes out. Um, but from what I saw from those streams, that was uh, they looked very good. I'm also um, I'm I'm go ahead. I was gonna say I'm also really excited about the movement stuff that this changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, movement in you know, in Metroid games has always been this kind of slow ramp up of like, you're really slow at the beginning, but then you get movement abilities that let you kind of zoom through old stuff as you backtrack, which was always a really smart design uh, that started kind of in, you know, super Metroid, mostly with like the, the like Uber dash or whatever. I forget what it's actually, whatever that's called. Um, But now like in general, the whole thing is faster and you have this melee ability that kind of let you, Mm -hmm. you can keep moving and it's kind of like a dash forward too, um, which I think is interesting. And so I'm curious to see whether or not that counter, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's like one, if, if you're like getting a hit, you can like counter it uh, things. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what, how the ramp up from that, feels like does do you get even faster than that is there a super run mm-hmm. still like that'll be interesting to see but um i'm really no turn into a, a ball like. no uh, you slide there's the slide which is cool i, yeah. I like i like the fact that I, I think that's a smart design choice from a like momentum perspective right. because often you know if you're building a game around like you know uh you know ch- enemies chasing you like having to turn into the ball and then like right. it was it, it more difficult to maintain the momentum totally. like from from standing to ball to go forward than it is to do the slides. <laughs> my guess is the, my guess is that that mechanic still exists. It will right. just be you know they've just kind of like re you know formed it under under something else. And also this mm-hmm. all seeing all this just just makes me mad that when that um the very well liked um Metroid 2 remake that the same team Mercury Steam did um some years back for the 3DS like that was the point where I feel like it came out around the time the Switch did. Like, I'm, I might be getting the mm-hmm. timeline slightly mixed I up in my head. But it was out. I remember right. thinking, I say like, the why isn't this out. on the Switch or it something? Why right. did it make the right. jump? Because I didn't uh, play it and probably would have. Yeah, exactly. I think, I, I think, I think, right. Because I, <laughs> I think that was the point where I've got my Switch. You know where my 3DS charging cable is? Who knows? Like, yeah. uh, like that That has been lost Lost a time, but playing this September or seeing this, 2017 um, is when Samus Returns drops. Right, yeah. So that's yeah, that is post Switch, um, <laughs> yep. firmly in. Well, of course they'll just re-release this on Switch. Uh-huh. I don't need to play this yeah. now. <laughs> They're clearly not going to do that because um, uh, DS games are just more of a you know, understandably a challenge. But boy, that was um, a beautiful I- port, though. Like that was such a that was a gorgeous game, and it's just weird they never did anything. Yeah, yeah. I this is this whole series. And I said this on that stream with Nextlander. 
is is one of the the things that I like on my shame lists because I've I've never played a Metroid game. Oh. When I was a kid, when they were when they were uh, you know first coming out on on the S, the, the NES, the SNES, the Game Boy. Um, they were, I, I like went over my, uh, my babysitter's house. I've said this before, but I had a babysitter who was, whose brother was way into games. I mean, the whole family have played games, but like, that was like one of my early video game, the people who taught me what video games were and like showed me a bunch of different games. And there's someone who ended up like buying a Neo Geo and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, worked at the EB at the mall, like all that stuff. Right. right? Um, and, uh, when he was playing, I want to say Super Metroid, but I don't know if those eight that age lines up to what I would have been at a babysitter. Still, um, uh, I I started staying home alone, just pretty, you know, as soon as not as soon as I could, but like you know, not that not, my mom trusted me when I was pretty <laughs> young because I was a good kid. Um, and uh, but maybe so maybe it was the original Metroid, and just being scared out of my mind at the strange alien atmosphere, the music, all of it. And so as a kid, I just like I placed it in that category of game that wasn't for me. And then by the time I was like, by the time people were talking about Metroid Prime, it's so like one, I didn't have a GameCube. I've never owned a GameCube. Um, uh, and two, I, I felt like I couldn't play any of them without going back to the beginning and playing through everything. Uh, <laughs> and so now I'm like, I'm just gonna probably play this. It's fine. I get it. Yeah. I've seen I've seen these games, you know, so many times at this point. Um, Prime is the series that I wish. I wish they would just release a Metroid Prime collection for me to play all of those. Because yeah, I think you. I think you. It, it may be the case that you know. I mean, you'll get you know different like. And I am a big. Yeah, Metroid, I'm sure like, I'll get different mm. responses here. Well, people say, oh, but you have to go play, and it's like ah, my like my guess is Dread. Like unless you play Dread and you go, oh, you know, you have that response of oh shit, yeah. this has my hooks in me. Well, so much I like that I need the to genre. Play. Well, is that's what I mean. Right. So that's part. Right? That's that. That is part of the issue. I think yes. of where Metroid Dread will inevitably scratch a Metroid-style itch, but also there are so many other games that scratch that itch that it doesn't... One, that's part of the reason probably that they don't make them as often as they do because, like, the ecosystem is fed by so many other games that it makes some level of sense to only release one of these, like, in a great long time. So they they stand out, um, given that, like, it's the rare game that made like a genre to the point people just named it after it because they couldn't come up with a better (laughs) (laughs) naming scheme. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like, but the Prime series is so fundamentally different while retaining a lot of the DNA that, Mm -hmm. you know, I I played one and three are are like games I adored. I bounced off of two as like when I was younger because it Mm -hmm. was it was a more challenging game. And I don't know, for, for some reason, I just didn't get into it but i've always wanted to go back and and play that second one and because those really are just such a unique wa- watching them so successfully do what they did with like a, a mario or a zelda where it's like oh wow like you just cool you did it like you, you brought it. it here and it's different but also the, it's just a it's a really wonderful series from 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 top to bottom i see but what if i instead just throw myself at metroid and become a Metroid guy overnight. Yeah. Yeah. You throw yourself at Metroid. I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw myself at Kirby, and we'll just meet on oh the other God, side. Are you playing well, Kirby? Yeah. I'm thinking about it. Hell yeah. You just never done. You've never been a Kirby person. No, I ha- I've like played a couple of Kirby games, but Kirby-ish. then I well, <laughs> I watched I watched five minutes of a Kirby lore video and went, all right. You've you've wet my appetite. I what if I yeah. just started from scratch? Yeah, because. It was born out of uh, me asking if the Ratchet and Clank games were like one of the longest, if or, or 
Uh, was it the or one of the longest running like se- like platforming action yada yada series that yeah. took its mythology seriously? And there were a lot of people holding up their hands and say, "Hey, pump the brakes, sir! You, you, know, you have not you have not looked into the Kirby sir. franchise <laughs> and the, el- the I'll elder. Have you know, sir. I mean, there were Kirby. You gotta put some <laughs> respect on Sakurai's name. Um, <laughs> that's Wada. Oh, I thought that is Wada. Didn't he that take over it though? Take it? it over after that after the originals. I don't, he, th- I don't think s- he works. Oh no, you're I right. Yeah. Sakurai, no, Sakurai. Kato's right because Sok- that this is part oh, of. So we're so we're both right. No, I don't know that Iwata. I think you're. I think wasn't he I part think, of Hal like originally? Like part of Kirby? I think that the creator of Kirby was Sakurai because whenever it comes up in relation to Smash, it's like he Sakurai has, has such a fan, like yeah. loves his creation, yes. Kirby. Mm. Okay. That's a recurring thing. Also Kato because right here, also because right? Kirby is the most powerful being in the Nintendo universe and can never be killed. Right, but I know that <laughs> sure. I know that is implied in the Smash video, but that, yeah, yeah. that is also where my curiosity into the lore comes from. Because yes, like there are, I'm going to get it wrong. Stay away from me, like Kirby lore enthusiast. I'm I'm new. I am I'm, I will yes. get there. Um, but yes, there are like lots of implications about like elder gods and Kirby being like a primordial being. Um, mm-hmm. And this is like all like not. Not like people having fun, but like it's just like spelled out in like various games. And so I don't know. Yeah. Was, Kirby's just, Kirby's know. Dreamland original was designed by Masahiro Sakurai. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yep. I think Iwata was company head at the time of Hal, right? right. And so that's okay. that's the that's, yes, the that's what I was thinking to, of. Yeah. So apparently he was over, a wait, no, actually that, apparently he was but. a programmer on Dreamland. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. So we're getting closer we to like the, the design, closer, right? But the just, designer, but the creator just in different ways. was the designer creator Sakurai. of Kirby was Sakura, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, shout outs to both we Sakura and Iwata. We endorse our theory here. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, yeah only exactly. There can only be one of them. Who uh, made Kirby? I'm sure there's an older Wada asks about Kirby that is great to read. I'm sure there's a bunch, actually, yeah. because... I've been meaning to buy that book. Is, me too, me too. Oh, for people who don't know, Iwata Asks was a series of interviews that Iwata did when... Was it when Iwata was, when he was president, president of the company? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where he would just talk to the d- developers behind games coming out, or you know, uh, uh, people who'd been at at the company for years, uh, and all of those conversations are just incredible because he had a great love for the process of making games. Um, and uh, what a what a passing, what such a, what a loss, um, such a rare position where he's like he comes from line development, yes, and yes. also is the head of the company, and so like you're never going to have conversations like that again in this industry. Like Awada right. was a suit, but yes. also like came from like the the the, uh, the development side. So it's just yeah, I wish there were more figures like that. Yeah. It like it like gives me goosebumps to think about about his arc and about his work and and you know the again the loss of having someone like the, uh, the era that he presided over in Nintendo is so strong and so unique because of the type of guidance he was able to 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 give that company and like allow people to take weird risks with game design. Um, you know, I I don't know that we see. I don't know that, that we see some of the stuff that Nintendo has done over the last decade without, uh, even without like the lasting legacy of his work. Um, getting choked up thinking about Awada. I never closed this yeah. window so I don't look at these old Awada asks anymore. Um, other <laughs> Nintendo asks stuff. You to we cry. Should, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we should keep moving because we talked a lot about Metroid Dread. Wait, did you actually see it? Is there was that playable? Was that no, really no, I, no? It was not it was a like, Nintendo like solution. Uh, uh no, no. In fact, like they were they like deeply annoyed at uh like they did it over Zoom or like very clear like so compression can't go faster than thirty frames a second. Please keep. Mm-hmm. Could you full screen it? Please God, please full screen it on your monitor. <laughs> like don't put it in a window. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see too much other than um. Uh, what people had seen through Treehouse. If you want right, a sure. uh, Maddie Myers uh, did a, a write up of like the best parts of the like Sakamoto quotes. If you go Google, shout out to um, Maddie. Her name over Polygon. She wrote. I saw her publish that uh, this morning. So if you nice. want the and, and, and there's not not a whole lot else to say um, mm-hmm. other than I guess the the last thing we could before we move on is that um, what's interesting is that they have said this is going to be. Um, maybe not definitively till the end of time, but they want to bring to a close the like Metroid, like creature saga, like that is going to end with Metroid mm. Dread, um, implying that Metroid mm. Prime Four will be something different, um, and whatever Metroid well, those Six, are, you know, those are prequels, technically. Yeah, so. yeah, but it would, I guess, it would be sort of odd to like, hey, anna- like announce like we're done with these Metroids, get them out of here, <laughs> Metroid Prime Four. You know who's back? Actually, that'd be a very Nintendo yeah, thing that'd be to very do. Yeah. Would be to say we're done with these Metroids, except God. we were talking about yeah. the other primes before, and I just kept thinking, I hope that part of the reason for is taking a while is that they're secretly remaking one through three for the Switch. Like they're not ahead of they're, time. No, I know they're yeah. No, stop. I wish. Stop. No way. I it's because wish. it's because they canceled the game and started over. Right. And that right. that switch <laughs> that switch like remaster at best is just sitting. Like one of the things that Nintendo does these days is they finish things and sit on them. Um, and so I you know this Metroid Dread like the file size is already out. That game seems to be done. Like they're just sitting on it till October. Right. Um, so that's just. No, they are not doing. No. Imagine a see, world. You see which, what they did to Mario sixty four? No. Nothing. Yeah. Jack shit. Like they. Well, I wouldn't even mind. Don't other... don't do anything. Just release it on a thing I could play today. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a world in which other game companies put themselves in the position to like budget and and pace uh, themselves so that they could sit on a, a, a finished release yeah. for months <laughs> instead of having everyone work down to the nail. Like, uh, Well, let's not... I, I don't know anything about Nintendo's process. There's nothing yeah, to suggest right. that they couldn't be doing True. both. True, they could be doing right. both. You're right. They could be doing They're, both. They have to hit they that arbitrary deadline that it's yes, X months before the release. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Warrior, <laughs> uh, we're get it together. New WarioWare game. Hyped. Hyped on that. Uh, yeah. Multiplayer. Um, I think co-op... Is it co-op or is it multiplayer? Is it are you competing? They, they did a warrior where you competed at least right. once, right? That was the Wii one. I want to say had like smooth moves, had like a competitive mode. So I'm not sure, but whatever. I'm just happy more warrior where. Let's yep. fucking go. Yeah. That's gonna um, be fun. that seems really fun. Uh, we'll have to do that the next time we're all together. We'll have to play yes. warrior together. That's that's, Wait, that's when that is shit. when was the release for that? September, September 10th. Great, great. Um. Danganronpa, Danganronpa uh, Decadence, which seems to be like a collection of, anim- it's like a collection of the first three editions of the series, and then also a board, an extended version of a board game yeah. <laughs> of Danganronpa, which is I, very funny to me. Sure, for the fans. Sure, yes. Um, I'm waiting for Rob to be back for this next one. Rob stepped away for a second. Rob is back. Uh, we also had Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot yeah. Camp. 
Advance War fans from way forward. Yeah, from way forward, which is which is you know, shout out to way forward. I guess. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like. I don't. I don't I know. Like like, you said I, that Wayforward and then immediately a- pulled back. Like shout out to uh, way forward. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought through it a little bit. Way forward is a company that like I feel like in the early two thousand. I guess like the two thousands through the mid like the early 2010s there was a lot of like this company does 2d art really well yeah mm-hmm. the shantae um, games like filled a right. void when there weren't a lot like i mean that that series goes back to but the I, game boy Color. i never played these games so like Me why either. would i how am i why am i saying shout out when like i haven't i don't know i don't know but shout out to i i did play advanced wars one and two <laughs> yeah and it seems <laughs> given their propensity for good 2d animation that uh, way forward could make a good a good one of these or a good remake these well. Um, are any of us Advance Wars people besides if I played these games besides me? Yeah, I played. Rob, I really want you to try some Advance Wars. Yeah, Kata, Kata, you can speak to it. That like there is, it, it sits in a weird place. I think mechanically among tactical, you know, strategy games um, because. <clears throat> it's it's small maps compared to a lot of a lot of things you know right. it's, it's a single board basically um i guess some of them will on a small monitor on a small like on a handheld you can you'll, you'll move the camera around obviously yeah yeah um but they're they're still even in that sense very legible and small and like concept driven this is the one with the river and you know two bridges or something like right. that right and the um the scale is like, yeah, it's like above a uh, into the breach, but you know, below yes. a lot of like XCOM sized levels or anything like that, right? It's yeah, this yeah, 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 kind of yeah, interesting in between. And also, also the range, unlike is, XCOM, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say like the, but then also like it's got it's kind of surprising sometimes the ranges that certain long range stuff mm, can hit mm-hmm. from, like it, it'll actually be like there are mounts represented in the game that you can. Definitely shoot over with certain artillery, even if you're not on top of, um, which is yes, totally. You know, the uh, terrain yeah, stuff it's is a, interesting. It's a, it's a really interesting and uh, idiosyncratic game in compared to I think other kind of tactics games. It's tile based. Tiles have um, different environmental effects. So, like if you're in the woods, you get a percentage to reduce. You get like a defense bonus, mm-hmm. uh, or or and then certain types of. Um, Certain types of weapons do better against other types of weapons, right? So, right. you know, if you have if you have uh, infantry and and you're facing off against, you know, a uh, any sort of armor, you're not going to do particularly well it's, uh, uh, unless it's anti tank infantry, and, yeah. and then you're going to benefit if you hit first. Like the the core thing about this game is two units fight and they exchange fire. When the first unit fires, it's at full strength, and so it does its full. You know, it's at if they're both at ten out of ten health. It's at full strength. It does damage. That weakens the second one by taking units out of it. And so then when it fires back, it's doing less damage back. Exactly. It's one of those, right? Um, And so it's a lot of setting up those attacks, trying to goad your enemy into getting a little closer to you. Um, I will say it is one of the rare tactics games that feels like you're playing against another player historically for me because the AI is able to make smart decisions about Mm how it what it's doing because it's such a tile-based codified here is what an optimal play looks like uh thing uh and most in fact i would say the ai can sometimes be harsher than a real player because real players make mistakes Mistakes. or get ideas (laughs) capital i ideas and try to pull some shit off um and often that doesn't work because they're playing into the open or whatever 
I, I think that these games are really fun. I'm glad that people are going to get a chance to play them. I hope it means a new one of these is coming. There's also your, like, also your like commander abilities that can kind of swing yes. things a, a bit yes. wild, wilder than I feel like a lot of tactics games allow for. Like because it's not they're usually map spanning instead of tied to a single mm-hmm. unit or a single like area. Um, so, but also there the thing about them that's so interesting is like that's the only thing. That's like the only thing mm-hmm. that really separates out your like faction. I mean, right. I, well, I, I don't. Are there? Are there? Does like Black Hole have unique? Black Hole has some unique. There are there are passive uh, like units and stuff, right? Each commander has passives too. Right, right. Like, but that's what I mean. Is that it's like the commander is the thing that separates one right. group of infantry from another group of infantry. But In this general, is not yes. a Fire Emblem game where you have. I think where you have the one a bunch of dark. super distinct characters. Yeah, no. yeah. That's what I was thinking. Right, Black Hole Black would be the Hole one that would have like some stuff. unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's narrative most of the time, right. right? That like, oh, they are the ones with the super weapons, the, the strange, you know, sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Um. But but you know, I I think that that's one of the things that's interesting is you're making units on most on many maps because you're capturing warehouses and producing units uh, in, in in a lot of maps. Um, and so it takes on an RTS flavor in that way, where you're trying to like maintain right. not just parts of the control of the map, but also maintain production facilities. Um, you are and uh, uh, just control of like cities. I forget exactly what yes, they give you, but like for, there were there's obviously some maps are just like you have to capture a certain amount of cities and hold them or things. But there's also like a part of a resource management thing there they too. They give you money. Right, That's the thing right. that they give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and also they uh, if you rest someone in the city, they get they, they repaired get and I want to say refueled. Yeah, 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 totally. The refueling um, thing uh, is a thing that that I remember being particularly yeah. interesting in that game, just because like you could run out of gas in a car and you would have to send out another unit with uh i think the apcs could refuel or something i forget which APC, i think it's apc could, could refuel, refuel. other right which was me. like you know what i'm gonna stay out here because i know i can finish this last thing but next turn i'm gonna be stuck you know that, that, yeah. that was always an interesting yeah. tension with those with those games i really love these games um uh my favorite is days of ruin which is i know the one that people don't like because it's grim dark post-apocalyptic <laughs> Um, but I think a lot of the, the I remember thinking that they rebalanced stuff in some really smart ways, mm. introduced some really cool new uh, uh, kind of vehicles and stuff like that, um, including like these fighters that would do. They were just like World War Two fighters that would do uh, strafing runs. Um, uh, they were really fun. They were really cool. Um, they were like really bad against anti-air, but they were really good at taking down other um I would say other like uh, uh, flying vehicles, like they could help you. They could help you knock out a bomber or something like right. that. Um, and then also just like doing strafing runs on infantry was just like very cool, uh, and felt like you weren't wasting a turn. Unlike when you try to use a bomber on infantry or something, you right. know. <laughs> um, anyway, I like that series a lot. I'm really glad it's getting remade. The thing I was going to say before is, while I do want there to be a new one of these, I also think there is something sort of wise in recognizing. That making one of these where there are this is not an XCOM game where you are generating maps procedurally and then right. relying on interesting, you know, uh, sections of those maps that get kind of plopped together to each have coherency and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> this is a game of authored tactical situations. 
and and being like, okay, the first one of these we make is going to rely on these classic maps. This one and two already has great design. Let's lean on that and and play that and and let people play those games because we already we stand by that design already. Mm. Rather than creating a new one of these, the first new one since Days of Ruin, which was I want to say two thousand seven, and oh. like missing because that would have been a Wait, big wasn't, swing. Maybe it was two thousand eight. Uh, Dual Strike afterwards, or was Days of Ruin after Dual Strike? I think Days of Ruin was was the most recent one. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll double check. Huh. No, Days of Ruin is the most recent okay. one. Dual Strike was 2005. Days of Ruin was 2008. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that I mean, yeah. It is what it is. People think Days of Ruin ended that franchise. Oh well, it was good. Anyway, let's keep <laughs> on moving. We're rolling through it. Uh, Skyward Sword stuff. You know, uh, Age of Calamity, Hyrule Warriors DLC. Okay. Mm. I, I want the Zelda Game & Watch that they announced this little Game & Watch with, with uh, Zelda 1, 2, and Link's Awakening. That looks very cute and good. Uh, and then Breath of the Wild 2 got a, a more uh, length, not lengthy, but a, a, a gameplay demo trailer. Oh, right? you mean the, you mean the one where you play as Ganondorf and there's oh no weapon God. durability, right? They announced that stuff. They, they didn't. I know if you saw just Twitter discourse, you oh, might think it. that that was announced. No, oh, yeah, uh, I fell into an alternate timeline. It was like, 2016, 2016, 2016. Or as you put it, it's 2016, but louder. Um, but louder, dude. Um, it's just, I get it that people have strong feelings about it. I, sure. I think it's I think it's the sign of a, of a of a important and good game that people feel strongly about systems. I also sometimes think people don't know why they bounced off a thing and want to find a silver bullet single solution right. for why they bounced off a thing. I think sure. a, a thing that I will say out loud again is let me repeat my old discourse. I was shocked when people liked this game. I played this game. I was like, this is a little, this is a little tree for Austin Walker. <laughs> the ways in which this is not a Zelda game. People are going to hate this. Uh, but by and large, people responded well to it. A lot of people, critics especially responded extremely well to it. Um, I really like it. And of course, I'm very excited for the sequel. Uh, you know, in, in this, there's like a minute and a half long trailer that shows a bunch of stuff um, that, that that I understand why it produces the effect of like theorizing and theory crafting and like what is going on here, mm-hmm. what are we looking at? You know, in raw terms, what we see a lot of here is one link is skydiving and gliding sky. from between islands in the sky, which obviously with skyward sword uh-huh that sure seems to imply that uh th- some sort of yeah some sort of connection whether that connection is literal or thematic or figurative who could say we know we got we know that link now has uh is doing magic powers not with a sheikah slate but with some sort of magic arm uh, his right arm has either a glove or a different arm situation Full metal uh, which alchemist. i guess the, Full metal, full metal alchemist, uh, <laughs> and the uh, is doing stuff like rewinding time. It looks like maybe with this, or 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 maybe just throwing this spike ball really far. Um, we see some new enemy types, or or some combinations of enemy types, like the stone. What are they called stone taluses? Is that what they were called in in yeah, the original? The but now there's like a a. Yeah, I think that's right. With yeah. a Bacoblin camp on top of it. That was good. Um, that was some good. weird underground cave stuff. Link got a flamethrower briefly. Um, uh, and, and we see just his arm time though, rewind. Right? No, it's the other arm. Oh, really? It's oh, not. Okay, okay. It's like a shield. You can see him holding it. You can see his hand if you if you go frame by frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, his other arm is the, is the arm that seems to have magic shit going on. Right. Um, and then there's a bit where he... <laughs> 
where Link is a little Link is a little puddle of water, I think, and then time rewinds and then gets he gets sucked upwards through a a, a stone floor uh, on one of these sky islands. So I don't do the cracks else. like yeah, I guess that kind so. of, like, that, maybe he's water. Yeah, 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 exactly. Though also, if you actually look at that trailer, it's not necessarily clear that the puddle becoming the droplet is connected to no. the next shot, which is I him going up through it was the thing. Unrelated and just like the mat, like well, good, there is like, a water moment. effect. There is a water effect when he comes through the top of the stone. Right, floor. the little. Beep. So I. Yeah, I suspect the first of those is explaining is a cutscene explaining some time shenanigans right. and how this power works, and the second is an actual use case in the game. Um, the the Sky Islands look really pretty. There's lots of like autumnal leaves. Uh, it looks like the autumnal place from Breath of the Wild. Uh, and then we we end on a sequence in which uh, the Hyrule Castle gets lifted up out of the ground with evil red calamitous energies, uh, and then just kind of hovers there as we look out across Hyrule Field. And it's the same shot as the final shot in that initial Breath of the Wild trailer, I think, or maybe it was a follow-up trailer, of just the the field, um, this kind of sublime and terrible thing, uh, which I thought was great. Yeah. And 2022 is what it was noted as. From all of that, I think, again, I, also, I'm I'm alighting a lot because of the nature of doing a summary of a, of a trailer in a podcast. But, like, musically, there are touches of Twilight Princess here, right? I think tonally, as before, there are touches of both Skyward Sword and of mm-hmm. of um, a little bit of of the again the darkness in Twilight Princess, uh, the strangeness of Majora's Mask or something. I'm I think I'll, also I guess I should say in in a lot of the Sky segments, Link has different hair. Um, be- Link's hair is like Longer. long and unruly. Yeah. Um, what I will remind people of. Okay, let me slow down again. A lot of people have read into that stuff very definitively. Mm-hmm. There are threads going around where like, well, obviously you're playing as Ganon in the sky. And that's obviously that takes place in the past. You're playing as Ganon, who was the first uh, hero of light. And da, 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 da. and there is a, a confidence that these people, mm-hmm. I wish I had a shred of that confidence. Well, I'm not confident it's so, uh, in, Nint- in things Nintendo I know. Invi- Nintendo invites this. Like, they, 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 do. They, they do this on purpose. And it's fun. Within, it's fun. This, the other exactly. thing is, it is fun to theorize. I'm 100% And it's the fun. only series they... But guard like, your hearts. They, guard they, your like, hearts. Right. Right. Yeah. But, like, you know, they've <laughs> they've established timelines. They've established, diver- established divergent yes. timelines. Like, it's the one time Nintendo who otherwise whole cloth and still in Zelda because of the nature of time will just throw things away in whole cloth and be like divergent mm-hmm. timeline. Like, that just lets us do whatever we want. But they take it seriously enough and they, they do do the like hidden things in the background that I I find this part delightful. Like, I don't care one way or the other. If we're Ganondorf or just Link again, you know, I'm like you. I tend to think, follow the evidence. What have we done before? <laughs> Probably going to be what we Got do again. Link. At the same time, like I'm out here, re- I'm out here looking at the 20 minute YouTube video as well, and be like, did, yeah, that does seem pretty good. Did they? They didn't. Uh, Hyrule Historia came out before Breath of the Wild, right? Or correct? Okay, and, so and it is not is not on the timeline at all. If I recall, if I recall, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild is quote unquote at the end of. The chronology. He does not say which, which is very funny. Um, uh, I'm going to double check that. All but, roads but yeah, I think lead that to that the is, wild. <laughs> well, I don't think – the thing is, like, I don't know that it is is that, but I 
It's absolutely. I don't know that they reconverge. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, it very much could be the end of one of the split timelines. I mean, for people who don't know, for people who, for people who don't know, (laughs) you you could go, you could just do a search for Zelda timeline and find the page from the Hyrule Historia that breaks down what is the situation. And the break is at Ocarina of Time. After Ocarina of Time, like Mm. Skyward Sword, some some portable games, Ocarina of Time. That is that part is straightforward. Minish Cap, four swords. Minish I'm not Cap talking about. Okay, I believe you. I've not played Minish oh, Cap. Oh, it's real So good. I'm not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Listen. Uh, at that point, based on whether you win or lose at the end, and based on, I want to say, based on the child timeline and the adult timeline yes. are different timelines so in the win. Defeated, successful, yes. and then child era or adult era. Right. Under successful. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And. So like under under child era is Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess. Under successful era is or under adult era is Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, right? Yeah. Um uh uh tune, the Toon Link uh uh continuum versus the Kid Link continuum, I guess. I know it's weird that yeah. it would be split in that way, but uh and then the the heroes defeated is like the NES game, Link's Awakening, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, like the Legend of Zelda, the Adventures of Link, right? Um, and so it's it's there's, so it's fun. I think that stuff is fun, but I'm reticent to believe that we'll get any sort of. I think we'll get hints on the way these things are connected. The way, the way that the the um, uh, I always I don't remember, why am I forgetting the name of the sword in in I guess the real one is like the the moonlight great sword shows up across Dark Souls games mm-hmm. uh, or the um, uh, the sword from I had this happened to me this weekend this is very upsetting to me the storm ruler is that the name of the sword I'm googling it yes yeah. the storm ruler shows up across both Dark Souls and Demon Souls right, right. and like well are these the same sword well no but are they. But are they? <laughs> uh, they and I, obviously, this is more obviously this is more connected than that. But I think we'll get those sorts of hints. The the way, for instance, the Rito maybe changed over time uh, compared to to where they are in past games from here. Um, the ways in which in which they're connected to other you know uh, groups. But I don't know that we'll get. I'm not particularly confident that we'll get big lore dump about about the truth of all the Zelda timeline. I'm not, I have no, I have like a 5% confidence rate that we'll see like even a segment where we change playable characters. I know a lot of people want long hair uh, Link to be Ganon or to be Zelda. I've seen people theorize that the clips in this trailer where you're just looking at you're just looking at Link in the traditional Breath of the Wild Guardian gear, the blue shirt, the blue tunic. Mm-hmm. That's actually going to end up being Zelda, and they're just using the default coloration mm-hmm. so that you can da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, again, guard your hearts. <laughs> you're you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I don't. I, Nintendo Breath of the Wild to me. I said this to somebody else the other day. Felt like a team already finding all of the loopholes they could to shake up a, a series. Um, and I don't think, I think there are some things that are just, I feel like they've basically said you will play as Link in the Legend of Zelda series. They're very conservative in terms of that part of the narrative design of these games. And as much as I want them to take a big swing, as much as I want the, you play as Zelda and, 
Ganon uh, game because of course I do. Of course, that's the version of this that I that I want. <laughs> I am not particularly confident that that is what we'll we'll see. So I, you know, I don't know. Um, twenty twenty two. That game is out next year theoretically. When? Who could say? You think we get a Switch Pro before this? Yes. Yeah. Same. I, I think. I think uh, Nintendo doesn't. I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. Like their internal philosophy is not that they need a big game tied to a new piece of hardware because they know you'll show up for both. Those are two separate events. So yeah, I think that yeah. the Switch Pro, whatever it's called, will arrive probably sometime later this year. And then I I, I would imagine that, that Breath of the Wild 2 is sometime in that springish time frame. You know, that gives them a lot of wiggle room for, yeah, yeah. you know, it could be as late as, you know, E3 next year, you know, as early as, as, as March. Um, um, which is what that would be the 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 fifth anniversary of the switch if they if they hit March. Oh, is that true? Uh, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whoops. So, man, that first time I played Breath of the Wild, I don't know that I've ever had such an experience playing a video game. So nice. Anyway, that's the Nintendo event. We should take a break. I'm excited about it. I think it's a great event. Yeah. I think I think uh, E3 was weird this year. It's fair to say. Um, I think the highlights for me were largely indie games from shows like Guerrilla Collective and Day of the Devs and uh, the Wholesome Direct and, and some other stuff. I really like the the Future of Play event, which is only like 18 minutes long. People should go watch that one. Um, uh, and, and that stuff was all really cool. Uh, I, I'm glad that today, you know, the the I guess as of as of this two days ago, the Steam the Steam next fest mm-hmm. is happening yeah you, you know can, you think at one point we could have <laughs> get, get we get it right so, so confident get that name right and, and the one thing i'll say you know i i think e3 is a uh you know a decrepit you know version of itself or <laughs> whatever it was before but i think like things like wholesome direct and others like they rode a wave of interest and got more attention to a bunch of games that those things would have attracted audiences, you know, regardless, like that happens when you get people together doing a thing collectively. Um, but like whatever, however we think of E3, I think it's cool that they managed to ride that and get more attention to a bunch of games that deserve that that attention and may not have gotten the same level of it otherwise. So yeah. like if that's yeah. if that's the one if that's the one like capital G good thing that happened during all this, like that a bunch of cool games got wishlisted um, yep. a little more than they would have. That's that's all right with me. Which has a knock-on effect because Steam will use wishlisting in terms of how it ends up showing you new stuff um, and in terms of how wishlisting will also guide stuff into people's recommended, you know, whether you're using the Steam um, – what's it called? The, the your, your Here are 10 games you probably don't want to buy, but Q? here they are. Like Steam queue? Your queue, your discovery yeah, queue. Yeah. yeah, like the reason my discovery queue is probably bad is because I don't wishlist enough stuff to tell it the stuff I want, you know? Um, also, sometimes uh, that categorization is, is just like, Oh, of course. By genre it's in a way that is not always, that doesn't map clean. Useful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I think that there's, there is a, there's a lot, there's a lot this, that at the C3 that I'm still happy with. Uh, but, but, uh, and I, I guess I will say that the Nintendo direct pushed me into the, yeah, this was a, a pretty good E3 camp between that and, just like if you go and look at the list of things coming out now on on Game Pass, which again, time will tell if Game Pass is sustainable in any real way or if we're at the, the top of a classic Silicon Valley, throw money at it uh, until people get into it and then and then it never really 
stabilizes and becomes something that benefits everyone involved. Well, time will tell. Um, uh, it's hard for me to, to make a, a confident guess as to whether or not this is going to stabilize the way it seems like something like Netflix has as part of our daily lives, or if we will see that a rug pulled out from under us as development teams, you know, start to have to chase certain types of design. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, but for now, when I look at the list of just games coming out on Game Pass, which is, you know, a huge percentage of the things shown at the Microsoft event, it's just like kind of incredible what a what a what a service or what an offer that is. Mm-hmm. When I can look at something like that Baldur's Gate game that's coming out, or it's not even called a Baldur, it's not even called Baldur's Gate because uh, it's just Dark Alliance, right? They didn't they kept Baldur's Gate out of their mouths because Baldur's Gate three is coming out <laughs> or is, is in early access. There's let's just call it Dark Alliance. I have no idea how, if that is actually true. I don't know what the what the behind the scenes was on on how to name that. But like Dark Alliance is a game. I probably wouldn't have bought that game, I, but I will pay it all, play it on Game Pass with right. some friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, I, if I'm being honest, I probably wasn't going to buy Lemnis Gate, which uh, is the time warping turn based multiplayer combat strategy FPS. But you know what? I'll hit I'll hit install on that in August and see what the hell that is. <laughs> you know, um, there's so many things that are that are coming to that service I, that that Microsoft event was also really strong. We already talked about that. So. We don't need to continue. We should take a break, come back and talk about some of those demos that we no. played and some other stuff. So, you know, the, the Did you say no. Did you say like, no? <laughs> I said, you know, the oh, OK, the, the, the shaggy hair link with the bad arm and then the other link with not the bad arm. What is happening uh-huh. there? Could that be canon? Are you playing as are you traveling through time or some shit? There's t- I'm getting Ganon pilled. I mean, as we there speak. are there are times watching there this are time trailer over and over, and over yeah, great. again. Good, great. Are you sure that the that the blue tu- blue tunic link doesn't have the bat on? It, it it doesn't look like it. The arms are covered by the tunic and uh, gauntlets, and so well then definitely couldn't have. I mean, the, uh, it could, the bat it could arm be, under that tunic. It could be, but that the bat arm uh-huh. looks. I don't know. I want this. I want the thing you're saying so bad. Well, it's like I really, also truly like do. the the only ever, does he have the here's a question. Does he have the Sheikah slate? You see him throw the Sheikah, like use the Sheikah slate to do that uh, stasis thing where it rewinds the the. No, spike you don't. Ball. You don't. That's not true. He doesn't use the Sheikah slate to do that. He does the arm. That's the future. That's the in our in our in our new world in which we're saying one of these is the past and one of these is the future. He just reaches out his arm to do that. He's not holding the Sheikah slate no. when he does it, right? I don't I mean, think so. Okay, it's no, you're. Arm. I think you're. Ooh, no, you're right. That's yeah, there's just, no that's Sheikah just a hand. There. That's just a hand. I, listen, I've watched this trailer a bunch. That's just a God hand. damn it. It feels like two different yeah. things, though, right? It feels like there's something going on here about the, the link with the shaggy hair and the arm that's visible and the not and the link that's on Guard the ground. Guard your heart, Kata. Look. <laughs> do you remember what the... Do you need me to send you a, a video of all of the different hair that was already in Breath of the Wild? No, I know. I remember. Okay. It, but it... <laughs> There's something different about like, oh, it's a different hairstyle, but it's the same amount of hair. This is like a different whole business, I feel like. Uh-huh. I'm going to make you two do this in your Zelda podcast. We're going to a break. I, this <laughs> is, yeah, let's come to a break. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm looking at all the different costumes right now. There was already a ton of costume diversity, but included hair diversity. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you, you, you see where the hair comes from in all of uh, these, right? Uh-huh. It's, it's up in different ways. It's, it's yeah. in different sorts of little ponytails and, and now buns it's down. and such. And, she hasn't and then it's down in, in but that's it's down it. in long in a way that feels like that's too much hair. He got too he much going on in the hair. back there. He always had long hair. He uh, we played some shots? demos. We all played some some demos of stuff. Is there anything? Is there anything non demoy that we want to talk about that's like out now for people to buy versus <laughs> like you know you could that's you could Rob. support a developer Rob? Yeah, Rob. Hi. Yeah, hi. I've been playing a uh, fairly recently released game. Fuck you, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> called Sea Survival. The energy, uh, glory. I want to point. Hold on. I was being point. sincere, right? I was being. <laughs> oh sincere. no, no, no! And let's and let's be clear. Let's go. Let's uh, re- use my Sheikah slate. Rewind the time. Majora's Mask sound, or not Majora's Mask? Uh, Twilight, Twilight Princess sound. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, there was that sound in the trailer, right? Yeah, there was. Um, uh, Play it backwards or forwards. Into our Slack, where we said, "Hey, what are people playing?" So, so Austin can you know prep mentally for the podcast. Yeah, there's transitions and yada. And, you know, everyone does their thing. And, you know, Rob lists off three games, one in, in which includes an LOL. I don't know what for. You know, he can unpack that LOL for me. Um, but looked like three older ga- three strategy games. And I said, when Rob went home, Rob went home. And that was just like a friendly <laughs> tease. And then at the end, following up, oh, and something newish. And you even said newish. So just slow your roll. <laughs> slow. That's fine. You know, we had a lot going on in the last couple of weeks. We haven't always, you know, been talking about all the games we're playing. So please, Rob. Actually, I've seen trailers for the Siege Survival uh, game. I think uh, they've come through my inbox. Tell me, what's up? What are you sieging? Uh, you're not sieging anything. You oh. are trying to survive. <laughs> oh, you're surviving. The, I guess that survival. is implied in the title. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, like, this is bordering on too reductive, but I think it's fair tonally. This is medieval, this war of mine. Oh, uh, okay. so sure. at the outset of the game, uh, some sort of Viking type dudes come up, like storm the castle, um, you know, break through the walls, slaughter most of the inhabitants of the city. And then you begin like help. A call for help is sent to like the main capital or whatever. And you have to help a group of uh, survivors uh, hold out in the castle keep. So you're like in the innermost defensive wall of the city. But most of the city has fallen. Um, and so by day, you are hanging out in your in the keep. And you're, like, building equipment, materials. Again, very this war of mine. So, like, you build, an, like, you build a garden plot. Uh, you will build, like, a drying rack for preserving food or, mm. like, uh, turning fibers into, uh, like, rope or something like that. Um, but... Then 
by night, you will send people out into the city. And this is where it gets a little bit different from this war of mine. This war of mine was very, uh, you know, it, it was, you walked into different like scenes, basically. And it was sort of a side scroller perspective. Yeah. Um, this is probably owes a bit more to games like commandos, like isometric stealth. Yeah. Uh, vision cones, uh, lots of that stuff. And the thing is, you know, time progresses, so you only have a limited carrying capacity, and you've got a limited amount of, like, night uh, to work with. And then you got to get back to your bolt hole and get back to uh, get back to base. But as you begin foraging further and further out, it gets harder to make that uh, track. There's a lot of, like, because the city's been at war, there's a lot of, like, collapsed connections that you have to reopen using mm. resources. Um and then the other thing is you're not just building stuff to help your crew like stay healthy and fit during the siege. You also have to be repairing weapons uh, and sending medicine to the remaining guards of the castle keep. And so that's kind of the thing is you have a resource sink there that you have to keep uh, topped up uh, in order to survive like the next assault. And when an assault happens, you know, arrows come over the wall. They'll probably like damage your your guys if they're in an area that gets hit by arrows. Um, trebuchets fire. Like huge stones come over. Uh, it'll probably smash up some of your buildings. You have a limited amount of like space that's safe. Uh, like sort of in the shadow of like the keep wall. But if you're in the middle part of the courtyard, uh, anything you build there could could be hit. Uh, so you have to like watch out for that and. I think, like, it's a good one of these. I think it has the same problems that maybe, you, like, if if the loop of this War of Mine got a little tired, uh, you know, if, as you played that, this is not, this doesn't solve any of those problems. I would say, like, it's kind of warts and all. Um, I think the foraging, the stealth is probably maybe a little more interesting or works a little better than this War of Mine. But also, it may not have as memorable a setting as this war of mine like you go to different places in this war of mine it has a like there's some places that have a completely different vibe right here it's all oh it's another broken down piece of castle that i'm gonna inspect um and so i think that can be a little bit repetitive still it's satisfying in the way these types of survival games are right where it's like you're going out there and you're thinking what am i going to upgrade to like play more efficiently uh do i do i need these resources for upgrading uh like my infrastructure for like holding out or do i need to like put this directly into the hands of soldiers or into like the mouths of my survivors who, who need to eat and, and keep energy levels up. Cause they are like very, they have many different like meters, right? So mm -hmm. like they get thirsty, they get hungry. Uh, you got to keep them all topped up on rest and uh, supplies. Otherwise uh, like they will just drop dead from exhaustion. Uh, so they can only be pushed so far. It's, it's cool. Like it's, there's something so compelling about these types of survival games. Mm -hmm. You kind of, like, even if you're not like having the best time where it's like, Oh, this is amazing. Something about the arc of like, Oh, I need to go out and like hoard little supplies. This does that really well. Uh, and I'm mm -hmm. enjoying it. Awesome. 
I, um, I want to imagine that like you're playing this game and it's somehow also connected to a Chivalry 2 match that is happening uh, beneath it <laughs> where there are just hundreds of people just lopping off their arms and heads. While Our castle is defended right. by you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick was kind of good at Chivalry 2 off the, off the, off the cut. Up, like, up, right up, away. Until, up until strong. the moment where I had to pick rip. up and do an objective of like, I remember Rob very yes. specifically calling out me accidentally <laughs> picking up like a pile of wood to create, I believe, a ladder and I just 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 chucking it at the ground. I and will also say, though, in what world do you have a piece of ladder that's two <laughs> steps and yeah. we're like, mm-hmm. we're going to. We're going to bring little tiny fence size pieces of ladder over to the wall and like <laughs> assemble them. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, ain't how ladders work. We should play more of that. We should we should play that should. With, with a group. Mm. That that seems very fun. Yeah. Um, we did that for people who missed it. We did a little bit of that during our E3 event. Um, some demos I want to shout out. Patrick, you played that Sable, the Sable demo, right? Yeah, I played a, I played a bunch of demos this week. I treated this week as, uh, yeah. like, all right, um, w- what would I have normally done this Taking week? Taking those totally meetings. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen people who are like, post E3, don't want to touch a game. I was like, well, I get that. Totally valid feeling. Um, Not but me. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to arrive there a couple of days later and yeah. just treat the rest yeah. of this week as uh, playing a bunch of... Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of great stuff on Steam now, and then also a bunch of stuff on on Xbox. But yeah, yeah I think you and totally. I have been playing a bunch of these. Um, the, and, and we should Sable Xbox. is on both Xbox and on Steam. Oh, it's on nice. Steam also. Okay, cool. ah, yeah, because I played it on PC. Um, Sable is a game that I first played a few years ago at a Judges Week event. It was very raw. It was wow, we got the tech working. We got some great visual design. Mm. Uh, we don't have frame rate yet. Uh, the framework where it is now was much better than where it was when I first saw it, which I know some people are like on uh, people on PC are like, unlock it. It's at 30. I want I wanted that 60. Let me go as high as I can. Um, but compared to where it was when I saw it years ago, whew, much better now. Well, it's uh, interesting because it has uh, even on Xbox, like the Series X, it's it's locked at at 30. But it does kind of the I don't know what the technical term is, but like. I know this is popularized in the imaginations of people because of a, of a movie like uh, Into the Spider-Verse where like the animation right. isn't completely smooth. Like it looks like it's skipping frames mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And like that's a lot of what's happening in like the animation of, of the main character. So it creates like a like a weird brain loop of like it's, ex- it's an extremely smooth locked 30. But also the animation, it isn't completely smooth in the way that we've been accustomed when we say, oh, a game looks like a cartoon right, right. Yes. um or it looks like an animated show or a graphic novel or like whatever like this 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 aesthetic is playing in the in that same space but then it's also playing with actually the amount of fr- it's not it's not int- it's intentionally not as smooth as it could be yes. on the animation front because it's trying to evoke a certain atmosphere like what i think is really effective and look if the game comes out and it caps to a 30 like there'll be a mod i promise two seconds later yes. <laughs> that lets you yes. that lets you unlock that like, and i file somewhere you can edit yeah um I'm I'm watching the trailer for this game now, and I, people should go watch the trailer for Sable, uh, uh, just to like get up, get what the vibe is. It's a brightly colored exploration adventure game in which you are, and I mean the demo is you literally going out into this area around your kind of fantasy post-apocalyptic clans little you know uh, uh, camp to try to find the pieces to build your own your own hover bike. You, you know what it reminded like me a, of? What, what um, did it remind it, you of? It it felt like uh, you know people always say like oh the Star Wars universe is so vast like mm-hmm. it would be nice if you 
you know, spent time in the places that weren't about these great, you know, escapades of, right. of the Jedi. This is just your Sable awesome. Fe- yes. Sable feels like I'm just on a desert planet. Like, yeah. it feels very Star Warsy in the way that there are crashed starships um, yeah. that you're, like, pulling, you know, a pieces of junk off of to build. There's, like, a line in the game that was, like, very good of, like, you know, you know, building new from the old or, I mean, I'm butchering the well-crafted uh-huh. line, but, like, something like that. And it, it definitely felt like I was playing... Like, uh, it had a, st- a strong, like, lived-in Star Wars vibe to the game, yeah. even if... You'll find, like, um, old, you know, there's a dam that you go to that looks like a... That literally does just look like a Star Wars shield generator um, with kind of huge, like, uh, uh, kind of circular discs. Um, there's really cool, just really great-looking stuff. The thing I was going to say is you can go watch this trailer. The trailer is beautiful. I... I've seen this... I've played this game before. I've I've seen trailers for years. I was watching GIFs of this forever ago there was something about seeing it running on your screen and the way it it it's breath when it when it when it is it when it the crispness of it It is a game that i'm sure you could probably play over the cloud like it would be fine but boy there is like the twitter compression killed it when i like shared a screenshot where i was just like marveling yeah moving the analog stick and seeing it on it's probably one of the few instances where uh i fully appreciated like what 4K can can like provide mm-hmm. to a picture, which is like the sharpness to that aesthetic on like the screen, as opposed to seeing a compressed trailer or a screenshot was just, it was unreal. Like, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to be like stopped in your tracks where like you do the, 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 the goofy thing of like, I'm going to just rotate uh-huh. the analog stick. <laughs> and I did that in, in this game. And it's really... I think you're right to tell people to try and experience it for themselves because yeah. I think it, it is difficult to art, art, fully articulate that sensation when we are awash in games that look incredible and we frequently find ourselves without the vocabulary. I think because lots of us like don't have art backgrounds. Like I've, I've seen this like, you know, feeling go around on Twitter when people are like trying to describe a game like a Sable or whatever and we end up falling into the the trap of saying, oh, you know, it looks really impressive or it looks amazing and uh, like I don't know it looks like a cartoon like we just kind of lack or need to like grow that vocabulary mm-hmm. but I think like it, the shorthand of, of what you're describing like go look at it for yourself on your own monitor whether it's 4k or otherwise just seeing it there yeah it is, it is truly something else that the screenshots and trailers do not fully evoke until yeah. you have it in front for uh, yourself. even just watching gameplay like uh, you know IGN did a uh, 13 minute gameplay video of this before before e3 that showed some of of what was going on here I, I, it is it is hard to talk about because i think as critics we'd like to uh, i i'm i'm proud of my ability to try to translate what my experience is to someone who's reading or listening uh, to, to, to my words um but i think there is something about this that i don't quite have the words for yet and i'm not sure i don't know i don't know why um, but there is something about the way the smoke billows at the back of your bike, the way the the hills you know have this are are, are marked with this very light black outline um, that produce a horizon effect. Um, the the way that you float down after you get that you get a glide power pretty early on that like again in gameplay videos <laughs> it kind of looks goofy, but in play yeah. there is something like really magical about the the sound and the look of that stuff and and it's all situated inside of a world that is is has a lot of of life and humanity in it um uh, despite being a desert despite being a desert yeah despite being a desert there are kids running around and playing and 
you gotta go hiding my goddamn did you you find uh, the did you just cheat and find the part or did you Mm. get the beatles no i i i sort of this game comes out in september like i played like 45 minutes of it and like there's like a, it seems like there's probably a couple hours of 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 like game here yeah, if you wanted sure. to keep going down it and at a certain level it's like I'm good like yeah. I have now experienced like, it cuts I've, off I've been, right as you get get the, the final parts, parts that I mean it's the, yeah as you, you or you build the bike and then the uh-huh. the camera zooms back and the Japanese breakfast song hits and uh, it's just like fuck let me ride this bike I made a new bike I know. let me ride this I, bike I felt, I, as soon as they said that was the yeah, like yeah. three part quest you were on I was like oh that is that's gonna be where the demo yeah uh, uh, so wait, when off. is this when is the when is this out September out? September twenty third. I'm very ready yeah. for it. Um, I had a blast playing it. People should go play it themselves if they can. If it, it feels very good. Steam. Like the, uh, I'm very excited. Like early on, I like the, um, the orb that surrounds yourself, which is kind of like your glider floating mechanic. Yeah. One, I fucking love that it doesn't run out. It's just, you yeah. just jump, you just go into an orb and it's just, boom. Yep. You just like work <laughs> your way like really far across an environment. And if you're getting that, I presume this is, probably fairly like actually is early situated in the game like yeah, the this seems like the opening. Like, this seems like yeah, i don't know if it's like the opening opening maybe we're missing some setup but it's right. it's very early in the game where you're like leaving your kind of clan uh behind your family uh behind you're going on go. your gliding which seems to be like a cultural yeah, rite of passage yeah, sort of exactly. thing as you become an adult um and uh i i that makes me excited for like what other like i'm very like, curious what other, if you're giving yeah. me that early on like what other Movement abilities are there. Yeah, it's just a, a, a truly a delight to look at. And I'm glad that it's it is not uncommon for a game to be announced years ago with such a striking look mm-hmm. that we that when we loop around to this point, what we're still talking about is, well, it looks really striking. How about that look? Yeah. And what you're what you're hoping for is that the rest of the the, the game part, like the playing starts to match up with that. And I found the writing to be really sharp. And interesting, and uh, I, it made me excited to play the game part, which mm-hmm. is not—it's not just a bunch of gifts. It's not just a good yeah, trailer. Yeah. Like I don't know, you know, how great the game will be. You know, I'm only just leaving that open because you know the you know only played an hour, but it made me excited for like what what it has become as a game, and more than just like something to gawk at. Um, and that's that's really satisfying that that game has come this far. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's very high on my list. Uh what else what else do you play? Anyone else play any a demo that they want to bring, uh, bring up? Yeah. Uh, I so I just finished it right before this, um, which is my reference to the Flesh Nexus, which is uh Death Trash. On one of our streams, we watched a brief trailer. I don't watch that trailer. Uh it's it mm. it is not wrong about what that game is, but mm-hmm. I it's old and I, I feel like uh, is, is limiting in what. So Death Trash is uh, has been pitched as a throwback to like Fallout 1 and 2 specifically um, mm. in the sense of like or Wasteland. Um, here is a, a, lar- a large open space. There are stories, there are quests, there are characters, but also like you have the ability to kill every NPC and you can just keep moving along mm-hmm. and, and the game will either adapt or, you know, things will will disappear. Um, it, it, the, the dem it is similarly, you know, it's like, uh, how do I evoke to you that these are some of the most gorgeous pixels I've seen? I don't know. Um, I've tweeted screenshots. I go watch a trailer, kind of play it yourself. Um, like there is a depth and, uh, uh, 
details to the pixels that it's the kind of thing where it's like, if this game came to Switch, I don't know that I would want to play it there. You could, and it would be fine. But like seeing it on my on a big TV was was gorgeous. The setup for the world is you are down in some sort of, I don't know, humanity bunker. Um, and then you're kicked out. Uh, they have they have detected some sort of anomaly, contamination in you. Um, and the robots are like, you need to, the robots to sort of like maintain this place. Um, you don't like start seeing the other humans. I don't know what this mm. like underground facility is like. Um, you're just, the game opens with like, get out, um, go to the surface and uh, good luck. And you go to the surface and the flesh has taken over the world. There are just big piles of goopy pixelated uh, flesh. Um, it has caused infections. It has caused mm. sort of mutations. Mm. In, so the synthetic meat industry went all the way bad. I guess yeah. so. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, and like you're out there and got to kind of find uh, your way. Like the, it's, it's, uh, I, the game doesn't really guide you down the path of like the of its promise in like the the broader sense of like hey you could just kind of fuck around with this world and do do whatever you want um you very much can't it sounds like you know that's probably something you could do but also there's just like quests to follow and like things to shoot and things to gather and um yeah it just sets up a really interesting world where your character has some sort of connection to the flesh um and uh yeah I would just recommend people checking out the demo it's very pretty. Very evocative. Uh, it goes into early access in August, uh, I believe. So it's like pretty far off. I think the developer has said, you know, optimistically, maybe the end of next year, but most likely uh, a little beyond that. But if you're like looking for a taste of the flesh, uh, the demo is like a, a nice hour where you can kind of screw around and then you hit an end point and they're like, all right, well, I guess if you just want to go shoot up everything and like see how the game reacts, you know, you can kind of. Uh, mess around with it from there. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's Death Trash. Very very cool looking game. But even if it's far off, it's it's high on my radar for something in the future. Yeah, I have uh, uh, I have a really quick one. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to shout out uh, Naraka Blade Point because uh, they're having their final beta right now. So as right, you're listening right, to this, right. up until the twenty second. Uh, we t- I talked I spoke about this when they had like a, a another yeah, alpha. We it's the it. battle battle royale melee based battle royale mm-hmm. game that is was really fun. And so if you were curious about that and didn't get to try it in the last beta, there's a beta now until the 22nd. So mm-hmm. check that out. Uh, I played They Always Run, which I mentioned briefly on the last podcast. Oh, right. uh, there's a, like a pretty a pretty sizable demo of that. Uh, I want to say that was like. I expected it to be like 20 minutes and it was like 45 minutes now or something like that. Mm. Uh, it is a 2D action adventure game uh, in which you are a mutant bounty hunter. Your your mutation seems to be a, a, a larger cultural mutation, which some people have third arms, uh, which allow them to, I mean, allows you to wield a fucking sick punch to knock people out <laughs> or to like punch past their defenses. Um, it feels like it's in the vein of something like a... Uh, uh, a fall. Uh, uh, like flashback or an out of this world in terms of being like highly stylized two D action. Uh, you know, um, animation. Um, but like way sicker because you're doing all <laughs> sorts of like melee counters and. How does that combat feel? Pretty good. Uh, I it it. There's a really you know smart tutorial that walks you through like 
here is what your buttons are. I mean, you actually see some of the, you see the tutorial about There's a, minute a little Mark this, of the Ninja in this game. A little bit. There's not that mm. much stealth in the level I played. There's a little bit of it in terms of. Like, I, I just mean in terms of sort of like the, yes. the how you're jumping around the combat. I, 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 totally. I, guess I don't mean like moment to moment mechanically, but I look at this like seeing the main character, you know, yank somebody's leg yes, underneath a vent and then stab them. Hundred percent. That part is like that. Um, the it's very basic. X is your is your melee attack. Y is your block. Um, uh, the or like not not even block. It's like a parry. It's like if you see an attack come in that's blue, that is parryable. If you see an attack that's red, you should hit B to roll roll past it, right? Um, and so it's it's a very rhythmic combat. When you're in combat with like five or six dudes, like you're very much like okay, wait for those for for some attacks to come in. Hit the button to counter. If multiples coming at once, you can counter. I think up to three attacks at once, which is very fun because <laughs> you have this mutant arm. Um, uh, and it, it was just, it was a really fun, the, the demo is basically you're out to try to like get this particular bounty, um, to get some information from him. And you, the tutorial is just like being jumped in the bar where you're looking for information and like slow motion kind of going through as you, as you dispatch all the guys who are coming after you. And then it's you going through like the underground secret base that's under the bar and chasing this guy down. And, and that's, it's all just very cool. And then at the end, you go to turn this dude in. And when you do, two things happen that make me like, huh, okay, there's some stuff going on here. Um, one is, uh, you can either, I mean, I think narratively you have to turn him into the, you can turn him in uh, dead or alive. If you capture him live, you gain points with the cops. If you turn mm. him in dead, you gain points with the mafia. Uh, mm. and then, and then you turn him into the, to the, to some sort of mafia lord because he can help decode something in his, in a chip in his arm. It's a very sci-fi western feel again this could be happening off to the side in star wars somewhere um and you turn him into like the crime lord and the crime lord you know gives you some information from his from his like arm chip or whatever uh and then your your mafia reputation goes up higher and i'm very curious what those two reputation meters end up doing one two uh you also then go to a vendor to buy a gun i i played through this whole the whole demo is just with melee weapons but you do unlock um a gun but also inside of that black market there's like a billion upgrades for things like you know when you land on enemies do damage to their heads if you jump on enemies do damage to their heads uh if you like extra extra other mobility options various like shock weapons versus bullet weapon like hmm. all sorts of stuff going on in terms of cool abilities um uh lots like way more in terms of character customization than i thought there would be and playing this level it was like oh this is a very straightforward you know linear action game that's going to like be a, a kind of fun spectacle to run run through and clear these rooms but seeing all of those different abilities made me go like huh your playthrough and my playthrough might end up being very different feeling based on what which of these we buy i mean there are dozens of different options to pick from from various categories so like again lots of opportunities to make unique character customization options i want to say it's from a, a, a russian studio i don't know yeah it's from a russian studio called alawar um alawar premium uh, uh i don't know if they've made anything else before I mean, they, it seems like they've made some other stuff before um I, I really enjoyed it and i'm very very curious to see what uh what they make, what what this actually looks like when it comes out. I don't think that there's a, a date on it. Uh, it's 2021. Is it 2021? Okay. The Steam well, page. That's um, exciting. It's um, on my wish list now because I really had a good time with it. And, and at least with, you know, lots of things can happen, but. Of course. It, if we've learned anything over COVID, like indie studios are a little more capable of like 
hitting even a, a vague release yes. date more than than, yes. than the bigger games. Um, but I also true enough. Uh, just one of the one of the one of the best uh, names in a while. Like they always oh, run. They always run. Just evokes. A there's also lot. Ah, there's a lot of it's not doesn't come through in the demo, but like you're on a call with your handler basically, who's like giving you information and hacking into stuff for you and stuff like that. And the the banter was really good. There's a whole segment where you find another like maybe another bounty hunter, definitely another mutant, three arm mutant, um, and you get a little flashback to like when he got killed by this by this like group that you're that you're taking down um and that stuff was all really good like the it's one of those things where like it's clear there is a lore bible that is influencing Mm -hmm. the world but no one is just reading to you from the lore bible everyone is just like in the world and talking about this stuff in that way um and there's like some fun dialogue options which i did not expect at all like that style of nothing that uh, nothing that i think it didn't feel like there's like branching paths so i guess Maybe there will be with the idea of like, do you want to fight this boss to knock him out or to or to kill him? Maybe that stuff will branch in that way. Um, but but I, I had a I had just had a really a really good time. It was like one of those things. Where I was like, oh, I'm really glad I saw this trailer and downloaded this thing because I it would would have completely passed me by in a busier E3 and an E3 where mm. we were out watching you know going to game demos and stuff instead of watching all of these events. I probably would've been, would've it would have been the quintessential. And, uh, you're waiting in lot. You're like yes. You got 20 minutes before your Xbox. Uh, Halo appointment. Yes, and there's they have a a, a bunch of kiosks yep. near the press desk that are kind of out of the way, so they don't get as much foot traffic. And you're like, "What the shit is that?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I remember that. Uh, yes. I want to play that. And then you come back. I have another. And talk actually, about another it on one that's very much like that, which is because I can imagine the situation where I would have seen it and be like, "Hey, does that that looks like an old an old um, Fire Emblem game?" There's a game that just came out. It was announced and then just dropped right after, called Dark Deity. Um, that is, I mean, I, I, here's how I will best sum it up. Uh, there is a post on the f- the Steam forms uh, that is called um, God. I wish I where is it? I think it was I think it was just called something like "This is a Fire Emblem clone" uh, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, here it is. This is straight up a Fire Emblem clone. The combat, combat animations, bonding, nomenclature, interface that is pretty scummy. And then the top response to it was just buy Fire Emblem on PC then. Which you cannot do because <laughs> it is not on PC, motherfucker. Um, it is a. I'll, I'll link to y'all do a trailer for it. Uh, it is. It is. It. It is like a love letter to Fire Emblem as as best as there could be. Uh, the kind of the Fire Emblem games that I first started playing, uh, which were like the I don't know what the actual subtitle is, but the Fire Emblem that came to GBA was my first Fire Emblem. I guess that was was that the that wasn't the Blazing Blade. I don't know what. Maybe it was. Hmm. Whatever that first one was that came out. I guess that was. Yeah, yeah, the one with Lynn. Um, where, like, my, my int- entry to Fire Emblem was incredible 2D sprites doing cool attacks to one another. Um, and and very uh, difficult or very, very challenging combat uh, tactics where you have to be very thoughtful about where you're moving your characters. Um, this is that. Uh, it is, it is, you know, pretty straightforward in terms of the, the narrative you, you're playing as like a, a group, like the graduating class of a, of a combat school, of an elite combat school. Love it. And you're all, you're all best friends. And the yes. king who has like, who is 
egotistical and driving into uh, 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 it sounds like a war that he just shouldn't be doing has decided to immediately draft everyone from your combat school including the non-graduates into the front lines and on <laughs> the way to the front lines you stumble into a, a big you know supernatural nightmare where there is also some ancient warlock shit going on uh, and then and then yeah, it's 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 kind of a fire emblem. You you promote your characters when you hit level ten. Uh, you know you are deciding. Do you want to give them? Do you want to move them into the the magic class that has some armor and you lose some mobility, or put them on a horse where they get extra mobility but are maybe a little squishier? Um, all of the combat, uh, all of the levels are very uh, authored in terms of like. They don't necessarily feel like they have a solution, but they do have like, okay, this is the one where there are these two narrow hallways, and I need to be ready to have someone block that choke point and have uh, ranged characters behind them so that they can kind of snipe over and and get whoever's coming down that choke point. Uh, all of the animations look sick. Like, there are – I guess to start out with, some of them are kind of boring, but by the time you start getting your magic characters or you start leveling people up into like the duelist classes and stuff like that – all the animations end up looking very cool. Uh, so much of the joy of these games for me is, and I think you miss some of this in the 3D Fire Emblem games, which I, which I also like quite a bit. But in the 2D ones, the ways in which you're just like, yo, look at how that duelist did a sick backflip slash on the critical. Uh, all that stuff is here. The, the magic classes have a bunch of different things. And there are some things that are unique. Um, if you've played the Fire Emblem games, you know that sometimes you get different classes of weapon where you'll be like, okay, this one has a higher chance to hit, but it uh, but it isn't as strong. Or here's one that has a high crit chance, but it's, it's, uh, its accuracy is actually not that high. But if it hits, there's a good chance you're going to hit that hard crit. And in every character just comes pre-equipped with four types of weapon, basically. In this game, and whenever you do an attack, you're picking which of those four types of weapon you want to use in any given exchange, and you're kind of equipping that so that is also the weapon you'll have if you get attacked on defense. And so you might pick one that's like a very defensive weapon that that lowers – this is what I'll do is like I'll put my thief in a choke point and then have – her with the most defensive weapon she can have, which gives her a better chance to dodge, and she can just like take on all comers, dodging all those attacks and countering to get to get to like weaken them for my next turn, where I'll come in and, and clean them up with other ranged attackers or whatever. Um, that stuff is really cool. I, hmm. I don't know that it has the like precision design of the best Fire Emblem games. I do think there are some exploits here. You could very much just like set up a character to get hurt and then infinitely heal them with your healers to just grind out XP because unlike Fire Emblem, your weapons don't break. One of the key things in Fire Emblem's designs is that your weapons break with use. Um, and so you, you can't just like plant a cleric down and have them heal constantly as one bandit chips away at your party. Uh, you could totally just do that here uh, on certain levels. Anyway, some levels have a have like a time limit or a turn limit, so you you can't do that. But there are levels that have don't have a turn limit, and you can just be like, I'm going to set up here and just get a max level cleric right out the gate. Um, but just don't do that. You know, meet the game halfway. Don't do that. Play the <laughs> game straight. Uh, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I think it has some it has some some really cool uh world building stuff out the gate that that has been really fun and I don't know, I'm like I'm a couple hours into it I'm a few hours into it and I have enjoyed I'm 4 hours into it there we go I went I went from a couple <laughs> to a few to four um and and it has been a blast it's called Dark Deity uh it's 
I like it when something shows up at at Switch and then just or at Switch at E3 and then just drops. This is my this was my it dropped to and it's out right now uh, of the show. So Dark Deity. Any other stuff we want to Patrick? You played you played Tunic, right? I'm curious yeah, about I, Tunic. yeah, yeah. I briefly played uh, a Tunic, which has been. It's not wrong to like reduce it to like uh, kind of like evoking the original Zelda with a little bit of Dark Souls flavor thrown in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have things like a stamina meter. Um, uh, you know, you, you die pretty quickly. Um, that sort of thing. There's definitely that flavor going on in, in the game, but. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, there's a demo out on. Uh, I think it's only on Xbox at the moment. Um, but yeah, you're like you play this little fox. Um, it's got like a very, hmm, uh, I don't know what they, they what even call the aesthetic. It's been uh, just, hmm. I mean, it's cartoony, but it's not like cell shaded. I don't know. This, we're running out of Patrick's uh, art vocabulary. Is like quickly hitting its, uh, <laughs> it's like max. But it's like it's an overhead playing a cartoony fox. Like yeah. Not really sure what's going on in this world. One of the things that I'll say that I really like about it, uh, there's a bunch of things I really like about it. I think it plays really well, looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, the, the menu screens are just are really trying to evoke the paper instruction manuals of an NES game. Yep. So when you hit like you know start or whatever those goofy ass buttons are called on the Xbox controller that I will never ever remember. Oh, the one with the two windows. Sure. All right, I'll touch that one. Yeah. Uh, when you pull those up, like where it shows, like what the buttons do and how those fill in as you get new abilities, very much are like kind of crinkly paper, th- those exaggerated comic booky illustrations that you got in when you bought The Legend of Zelda or a lot right, of other right, right, um, right. games from from the eighties or early nineties. It's very cool. The other want, the other cool. I want to say the I cool asked thing, the developer about those years ago when I first saw this. Yeah, you saw this a couple of years back. I remember. I, you, I want to say one of the questions I asked him was like. Are there secrets in there? Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there would be a secret or a code in the instruction manual. Well, this somewhere. game has some some fez fezzy yes. shit going on. To the so to to illustrate when you start the demo, um, like I forget the object, but you're in like the first object you're gonna go interact with. I can't remember if it's picking up a weapon or whatever. It sort of yeah. doesn't matter. But like the first thing you interact with. You 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 hit like the interact button. You know you see the prompt. It's like yeah. X or A or whatever. And then like a dialogue uh, screen shows up, uh-huh. and it says like okay or no. But the dialogue, what you should be reading, indecipherable. It is a different language. Um, you can you don't know what you're saying okay or no to, and you're definitely supposed to say okay um, and move forward. But right off the bat, the game is sort of like giving you like a very direct flavor. Mm-hmm. Of like the world you're about to enter, which um, I think again is is really trying to evoke that original Zelda in a different way than like how like Breath of the Wild like you know tried to evoke that same sense of exploration and atmosphere. This one is doing it in a like, kind of a denser, um, also like similar sort of like a structural setup of of you like exploring an open space, lots of mystery, um, and in this case extending it in a in a fez like fashion to. You not knowing what the language is. I, I don't know if you'll be collecting runes or I don't know how. Or you'll just have to that, learn that language. You'll just have to learn it. Who it's not say? it's not communicated in the demo right. how exactly that's going to work. But that was a, uh, a a design choice that like really tickled my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, to do it immediately. It's like most games. You know, and again, I don't know how this game will be set up 
when it eventually comes out. Maybe this will not be the first interaction you have. Um, but I kind of hope that it maintains that because there was something really delightful in like, all right, time to do your tutorial stuff game. Uh-huh. Like, tell me how it works. And it just says, <laughs> it's like, no, uh, you don't know what this says. You don't know what you're agreeing to, uh-huh. but you but you do think you should probably like say yes to it. And it's like, all right, all right. Um, and, and there's so. different. And there's more of that as you go forward, where you will you will constantly sort of encounter signs or or other things in the world that you just don't you just don't know like what it says or why it says it. Um, and I found that part to be uh, very cool. So yeah, I, it's it's a pretty short uh, demo. I think it's only like half an hour, but um, okay. yeah, tunic. Um, that gives development for a while. So I I feel like that might, is that coming out this year. I feel like they might have said tunic release day. I feel like that they might have announced that. Uh, 2021. So yeah. sometime, that's, sometime this year. That's um, soon. It, it felt uh the the slice that they had, you know, felt very uh polished and complete. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to, to seeing more of that. Uh huh. So cool. I did play one small tactics game, Project Haven. Oh yeah, how is um, that? I saw that going around. Yeah, it's super rough right now. Ah, is okay. what I would say. Um, it's got. <laughs> It's strange. I think um, my tolerance for looseness in terms of like the way tactical game feels is just like on the floor at this point. Um, I like things. Things have to feel really readable, mm-hmm. and I really want the controls to feel like I am not doing a lot of interpretive work trying to figure out like what's going to happen. Uh, when I this is both of our problems with Phantom Doctrine a few years ago. Yeah. And this has strong Phantom Doctrine vibes uh, mm-hmm. in some ways, like similarly, really strong presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, game looks really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's building itself as sort of a Jagged Alliance successor, which is interesting because there really hasn't been one, but also every attempt to recapture Jagged Alliance has basically been an abysmal failure. Like, there's there's Jagged Alliance 2, and then there's, like, 20 years of, like, really poor imitations. Um, and I don't know why that is. Like, Jagged Alliance 2 and, uh, like, original XCOM both seem to to really defy uh modern sensibilities yeah. to to convert this the tack this game takes is uh so for one thing it's it, it feels like it's going to be one of those uh mercenary type sim like mercenary like small business sim type games yeah. uh yes. but maybe not in the jagged alliance way where jagged alliance 2 way where you're like liberating an entire country and you're fighting it on a meta map this uh, seems like you go back to an HQ and you select your next mission and like different stories may advance uh, mm-hmm. as you work with different characters. Uh, but by and large, it's the, the vibe is very much like what if a what if the staff of a hipster tattoo parlor went into international mercenary work? Uh, oh. that's that's kind of the Seems that's risky. kind of the vibe. Yeah, I feel like tattoos are probably more uh, profitable and less risky. Maybe not as profitable. Maybe maybe it's more not in this, to, in this vaguely cyberpunky dystopian world. Maybe sure. like they had to they had the, the community center got closed down, the tattoo oh, no. parlor got closed down, and now they just have to kill for money. 
Uh, sure. Like you do. Yeah. But they're going for a bit of like you banter with your with your squad. Like mm-hmm. uh, you've you've clearly split off from a larger gang, and now you're sort of striking out on your own. But the in terms of like what you're doing in the missions, one thing they're they seem to be trying to get at is really granular movement. Uh, there's not there's clearly a grid. But it's hard to figure out where it's sliced up. You move to it. You move your little circle, your circle cursor, mm-hmm. uh, and control your facing. And like each of these things tends to consume an action point. Uh, so like it's got the jagged alliance thing where you hit space. This is not a jagged alliance thing, but the thing I'm about to describe is when a character is going to shoot, you hit space and you go to free aim mode. Right, Valkyria Chronicles. Valkyria, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to take a better shot, as in Jagged Alliance, you can spend more AP lining up that shot and converge, like basically tighten the circle of sure. your uh, your aim yeah. on the target. However, you might think that circle is like the error range for, for the shot. Doesn't appear to be because people can still oh. just completely whiff. Like you'll see the round basically oh. fly completely wide. So even though you're like huh. tightening the cursor, um, it doesn't seem to imply that the precision is is particularly mm. higher, unless it's saying that where that shot hits will be in the circle if it hits. Right. Um, right. So like, you know, with a sniper rifle, you will get a headshot if it hits. Maybe that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, and it was kind of unclear how line of sight is going to work. Uh, feels like it's a little unclear. They've gone for, again, this is very Jagged Alliance. Um, we remember this in Phantom Doctrine, where, like, line of sight gets weird when you have uh, grids where someone is in cover, and while they're in cover, their line of sight is completely blocked. Yeah. And remember, Phantom Doctrine eventually released that, like, explainer that they draw a line of sight from adjacent squares so that you have the effect of like people leaning out and like shooting yeah. and they draw a line of sight from there. Uh, Project Haven, and I think this is smart, their solution is you can have a character, you can give a lean command, but now your character's leaning out, and so if your turn ends while you're leaning, you got like upper sure. body out of cover. That's interesting. That stuff's, that stuff's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, having all those like prone kneeling position stuff, great, love it. Uh, but right now it just feels very, very loose. Uh, you'll see places that feel like you, like I should be able to go there and it it feels like you can't quite get your cursor there. Mm -hmm. And so you're left with, I can either put this person with their ass hanging completely out in Uh (laughs) like in open air, uh, or they can take cover in a position that they can't see anything. Uh, so, like, you know, the example would be, I want them to crouch and get to the front end of a car, right? So you're, like, leaning out around the front the front fender of the car. That space, the game can't quite see it, doesn't want to go there, so you have to post up, like, in the, like, against the, the, the body of the, the body of the car, the, the, the passenger compartment. But now you can't see through it. So you'll, you'll run into things like that. Uh, sometimes you hit free aim, and just because of camera angle, your character can't see shit. And it feels like it's being calculated from where the camera is, but not from what would be sensible for where that character is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm... 
It is so rough right now. It is tough to gauge where it'll come down because, like, I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to apply a med kit. Um, the inventory. <laughs> I'm watching some gameplay, and it seems very cumbersome. The UI, yeah. the UI does, but also maybe you put in your two hours, and suddenly you you got it. You know what I mean? I'm not right. the Jagged Alliance UI. Probably seems cumbersome to people who are coming to it fresh. Now there's lots of options on a turn by turn basis. I, I I do get that, um, but. Yeah. yeah the the thing that i i do like is if if they bring this in for a landing i think the room clearing might be really good that's a really weird description but like <laughs> that game's got r- good room clearing i know what you mean we both played and and enjoyed parts of uh xcom chimera squad which right again very you yeah. know uh troubled in, in well, many ways <laughs> and interior spaces uh, are hard to get right in a lot of tactics yes, games but yes. but here when you when you zoom all the way out it goes to that minority report spider mm-hmm. cam uh where, where the spiders are crawling through and you get the cutaway yeah, where you're yeah, looking yeah. down through rooms yeah. that looks they always great uh-huh. um <laughs> and the way like there's a point in the demo where You've got guys coming in behind you in an alley, but you have a secondary team posted up in one of the nearby apartment buildings. And so, like, you just send those people vaulting through the windows of the building into the side street next to the alley to flank them. Uh, That's got kind of a cool vibe where it's like, oh, like, my SMG gunner just opened up from this little, like, uh you know, sliding door basically and lit these guys up. They had no idea who was there. So it could it, it could have a really good sense of like urban warfare, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, which fingers crossed. But the other thing is everything it wasn't clear what was placeholder, but I'm a little concerned about the art direction and and the writing. Like if if it's gonna be as chatty as this game is right now. Yeah, I didn't particularly like the people I was hanging out with or like the vibe of the world. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's weird. I think Jagged Alliance kind of gets grandfathered in as like everyone's like, oh, it's that character. I love th- I love this group of group of weirdos. Uh, when you play Jagged Alliance 2, I think there's a lot of shit that would not play if it came out today where it's like th- this voice acting sucks. This character sucks. But it's old and it's antique and it's charming and it's part of this, this masterpiece uh-huh. of a game. So we, we roll with it here. You don't have that pre-existing relationship. And so it's just like, Oh yeah, this is the meathead archetype. I'm tired of that archetype. I wish, uh-huh. you, would, I wish yeah. you would talk less. Uh, is that, <laughs> is that kind of the whole way through? Yeah, that's rough. Um, what was that called again? One more time. Project Haven. And that's in early access now. Uh, is, is it now? just a demo? That's just a demo. That's I guess the demo. demo. Just a demo. That's just a demo. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's twenty, and that's twenty twenty two. So they have time. Yeah, that's well, not and the fact that out. one of the missions ended with a survey where it's like, was that good? <laughs> sure. And I'm like, eh. right. Which good? Good. It's, I hope they get. I hope they get good feedback. Yeah. You know. Um. All right. I feel like we. I feel like we did a show today. I feel like we we got through a show. Uh. We're gonna uh, do. Could, we're just. Well, you would punt the strange, strangers, uh, stranger of paradise next week. Oh, we I forgot just do it we next both week? played that. Huh? Stranger of paradise. We could do it next. We could do it on Monday. Let's do that on Monday. Monday. Let's talk about. That's that's give me time to beat the boss. I did this morning, so shut just the hit circle. Damn. Bunch. Just just no no. I, I was saying give me time to beat the boss because I'm yeah. I'm giving you. I'm giving you. Can't just hit circle to do phase two. Can't just hit circle to do phase two. I basically did. I had no problem with it. 
Wow. Used you used your magic. You used your magic. <laughs> I did. I if used flare. I did level up if, by if black you, mage. Yeah, shut the fuck flare. up. If you just did the sword. Wait, you hit a flare? I did. I was, also a, I was also a top level warrior. So I mean. You know. So was I. How but I mean. if you hit just, a flare? Stop it. I was stop. a top you level warrior black too. Mage. No, mean, no, no. I just mean. I mean, the fucking, the delay animation on Flare, that Garland is- You just gotta find your window. When he's, when he's casting Ice Blade or Fire Blade, you know that that's an attack where he's yeah. stuck doing a, a The motherfucker still moves out of- I've tried. I have tried. Well, you, just hit the, you just gotta hit the Flare. And that's um, not like, I mean, the key, the key is parrying, as always. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to I've LARP a shitty Dark Souls fan <laughs> See, at this point. Ka- Ka- it's a hard fight. I, I, don't, lost yeah, that, yeah. I lost don't, that fight a don't lot. Let, don't let Austin... He's, I do think, he's, for me, he's the, being, thing, the thing... He's being condescending to I, you. Like I said, I'm, I'm LARPing a Dark Souls fan. Yeah. Um, uh, a bad mm. Dark Souls fan. The thing that clicked for me was learning, like, forcing myself to stop trying... Thinking that I could get through that without just parrying nonstop. And then the mm. second thing is, like, being in... What is the awakened mode called in that thing? Oh, yeah, yeah Lightbringer. Yeah. Light be in Lightbringer mode 100% of the time. Just always Shit. go in Lightbringer mode in that fight. I keep forgetting I promise about you that Lightbringer mode. <laughs> Lightbringer mode 100% change that fight. I don't know if it gives you a little bit of super armor, but like you're getting hits in, you're able to recover mm. the magic that you get 100% well, also, of the time. Also just have his that uh like stamina ga- the yellow gauge goes down super faster. Fast. Yes. We'll unpack all of this and set it up on a Monday yes. podcast. This yeah, is just yeah, Kato yeah. tips so that he can come Thank back. Kato tips, and, yeah. Go go into if you go into Lightbringer mode, that whole fight changes. Um that 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 That's is my good real. To know. I keep forgetting that tip. exists. Yes, yes. Because it's it well, I don't think all your MP, doesn't it? Like you earn it back though in in that time because you're really? landing so many parries. If you're right? yeah, yeah so if you're do if you are quite literally if you hit parry that pushes them yes. off, yeah. you you activate some extra hits in. I think we're gonna like, see speed runs of this game where you're just in Lightbringer mode the whole time. I, basically, I, at a certain point when I was only doing phase two, I was finishing phase one without getting hit yes, once. Yeah, yes. in, yeah, like under a minute. I'm to the point yeah. where I'm getting the last. It's the last quarter of health that always gets me mm-hmm. because by that point I've run out of potions. Both of my yeah. side characters are down, so they they can never take aggro anymore. And I, he's just focusing me in that second phase. Yep. That's yeah. That's the bit I'm. That's I'm you kind of you kind of need to take him out before your buddies die. Go Having them up it's, really helps. Yes, yes. I mean that's the actual answer is how I got off a of flare was right, he was right, fighting them right, and he's like, all right, yeah, guess what, dude, I'm gonna punish you on this. <laughs> Um, we'll talk more about this on Monday. On, yeah, on Monday. Cool, cool. <laughs> or maybe to, uh, to, uh, I guess today when this podcast comes out, because we might do a, oh, a demo do a stream. stream. Yeah, so. I think we should do a demo stream on on yeah. today on Friday. Um, on, so on today, so look forward to that. Twitch.tv slash Waypoint. I just saw a cool trailer for a game called Thymesia. T h y m e s i a. Maybe Thymesia. Thymesia. That looked like a sick roguelike. Or not roguelike, that's wrong. I thought you were calling uh, sick, someone messy in like an old timey. Thy messy. Thy messy, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, people should go check out the the GameSpot Play for All streams. Like, they've been pretty good too. Um, all right. On that note, we'll we'll wrap up today. We'll be back uh, later today with the stream. And then back on Tuesday with another episode of Waypoint Radio. Shout outs as always to Bowen for letting us use the track Missy off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash BOEN. Speaking of waypoint.zone. We should say here, one, you can go to waypointplus.com to subscribe to Waypoint Plus and support us. We also, over the weekend, rolled out annual subscriptions. You can get one by going, if you're already subscribed to Waypoint Plus, you can just go into your account and switch over to, to an annual. You can also go to waypoint.zone slash annual 
to subscribe to an, uh, directly to an annual subscription or waypoint.zone slash carrot, C-A-R-R-O-T, to buy someone else, to gift someone a yearly subscription. We know a lot of people want to be able to do that at the yearly uh, uh, way because it's easier than re-upping a gift subscription every single month indefinitely. And the higher-ups finally let us flip that switch and turn on turn on annual subscriptions. Um, so, so yeah, uh, waypoint.zone slash carrot for the gift one, waypoint.zone slash annual, or just go into your, your subscription account and, uh, your settings and change that. Speaking of waypoint plus Rob, uh, that waypoint 101 for Elliot Noir went up this week, right? Yes, it did. People should check that out. Yeah. You should subscribe and listen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first of many things. And we are, let me tell you, we are brainstorming a bunch of cool waypoint plus stuff at this point. Now that... Now that we have a, a vision of what's to come in terms of the next year and a half of games, it's very easy for us to start going, oh, what if we did what if we did this ahead of that release? That seems like a fun tie-in. Oh, I've always wanted to do blank. So, you know, uh, please uh, please look forward to some cool stuff we got coming up, uh, whether we've fully conceived of it yet or not. <laughs> uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You can support everything we do. Again, waypoint, waypointplus.com, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.vice.com. Patrick, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at the Flesh Nexus at Patrick Klepek. Kado. Uh fighting chaos question mark at a okay <laughs> underscore Kado underscore appears. At this point, you have if you don't finish it, you can't participate in the conversation. Wow, so. I might go through and beat wow. it on hard. I don't even like it all that much, but I might just see. I'm curious what hard feels like. Uh, Rob, oh, so you see if you can feel something again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Rob, how about you? At Rob Zachney. Rob Zachney on Twitter. Uh, until uh, until later today, if you see us on the stream, or until next week, as always, fuck capitalism, go home, peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.